Welcome to Walking Backwards. I'm Brad Grimet. This week's guest is director Eleanor Argeropoulos, and she and I talked about a whole lot of different things, including a documentary she's making about Formula One racing, which sounds really cool. I can't wait to see. Um, she also talked about her best day, worst day, which is on patreon.com slash walking backwards. So if you're not already a patron of my Patreon, then become a patron and you too can hear her best day, worst day and others. Thank you very much to Walter Clausen for their support. They have a new website that's out. It's uh, up now. It's walterclausen.com and, uh, it looks pretty cool. I haven't gone all the way through it, but, um, kind of neat uh different stuff on there so um you might enjoy it check it out if you'd like to find me on social media i'm the number one giant robot on instagram and also i'm on facebook so find me there all right let's get to it hope you enjoy here's eleanor welcome eleanor thank you thank you for having me you're uh, it's my pleasure um do me a favor, pronounce your last name. <laughs> it's so long. It's like the longest Greek last name. Argeropoulos. Argeropoulos. Okay. Argeropoulos. I probably would have said Argeropoulos. Well, that's what I, I mean, that's pretty good. I got so many variations of it growing up. Like people would just see it and be like intimidated by it. Right. So they would just like add extra things like OUs because there's just so many, there's like two OUs in it. So they, they get lost throughout yeah, the world. Yeah, so they're like, I like high school, whatever. Like, if someone's reading my name, they'd just be like, Are you a Papalopolis? And it's just like, Whoa. Yeah, it's quite yeah. funny. But, but yeah, so yes, kudos. You really <laughs> close, close. Very close. I I'm okay it. with that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. all right with pronunciation. Yeah. My name is Grimet. Grimet. Okay. Most people, when they see it, they say Grimet. So yeah, that's what I would have said, actually. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I did this event last night, and I had to sign in, and my name was on the thing. Right. And um, I said, hi, I'm Brad Grimet. I'm here. I'm doing mm-hmm. the panel, blah, blah, blah. And um, she said, oh, I see you here, Brad Grimet. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're just like... <laughs> I'm like, I just hey, said just the name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, true. Oh, that's frustrating. Eh, that's it's fine. okay. It happens all the time. It's not that big a deal. And actually, I worked with a second AD whose last name is... He goes by Grimmett. Okay. Where was he from? I'm trying to remember. He's originally from like Boston or something. Right. I don't... We we are probably related because yeah. it's, it's, it's not a... It's a pretty rare last name, I think around the world it's yeah. not yeah yeah I haven't heard someone came up to me today at an event I was at and actually asked me f- for my last name because we were talking about something related, film related uh-huh. and uh, so she asked me for my last name and then she was like I have a friend with the exact same last name it's like what Argeropoulos she's like yeah yeah she shortened it recently but yeah her name is so and so Argeropoulos I'm like I would love to meet her because <laughs> it's just like there's not many people that have the last name like mine so well, I'm sure there aren't in the U.S., I wouldn't think, or no. Australia. No. What about Greece? I mean, there would be, yeah, definitely. I mean, I have a whole family of like over 300 Right, but, but, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I have a, I have yeah. family members around the country too, yeah. but yeah. there still yeah. aren't many of us. Is uh, Like, is it a more common name in Greece is what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. I mean, I don't. I haven't met anyone, excuse me, personally that has this, that same last name, but I mean, it's a nice long Greek last name, so I'm sure there'd be a few of them around that I'm right to. yeah well, I always love it when I'm on planes and flight, flight attendants try to like <clears throat> they like take on the challenge of like trying to mm. pronounce my last name mm-hmm. they're just like wait 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 wait, wait. like you, you you know your hand you like walking up to the gate you're about to board the plane you've got the ticket and they're like hi miss Eleanor 
Ajit, wait, no, I got it. Hang on, give me a second. Like the line is being held up behind That's me funny. and they try to make it's I actually really get a kick out of that. It's fun. I'm like, ten points to you. Who's Thanks for trying. Who's calling you by your are you are you flying first everywhere? No. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> I wish. Nobody calls nobody knows my name when I fly. That'd be so good. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my mother was a flight attendant years ago, and oh, I remember, cool. th- like, in the 60s. Yeah. And they used to call everybody by their name. and Right. Um, but that's what I thought of when you... Right. But Maybe it's an Australian thing. I know. I fly Qantas all the time. Yeah. I never... It's <laughs> I wish a great, I air, great airline. Such a good airline. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think either one of the only or the only airline in the world never to have had a crash. That's correct. Pretty yes. impressive. It's amazing. <clears throat> and I heard the other day... Um, that they're they're testing planes that will fly twenty two hours or twenty nineteen hours to New York. I think it was. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. They did so the that big they don't London have one. to stop in L A. Correct. Yeah. Right. I think because the flight over to L A. I'm from Melbourne, so Melbourne to L A. or even Sydney to L A. is like fourteen, fourteen and a half hours, right. sort of give or take. Whereas, yeah, you'd have to stop and then do. It's the longer whole going from there to here than it is from here to there. Yes. Right. Because yes, I've flown to Hong Kong, which going the last time I went was 13 there. Right. Um, 15 back. Just yeah, a wind, that's, wind that's, thing. That's what it is here as well. Yeah. It's a wind thing. Pretty much the same as Basically. Australia, right? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but yeah, they were testing. I think it was a 19 hour flight. I'm pretty sure I read straight to New York. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. They're not test. They're, they're unmanned planes they're testing right now, right? I don't know. So weird. That I don't. I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> well, they're wondering what it's, how bad it's going to be for the people on it. Yeah. Because, like, for me, yeah. fifteen hours. You know, I was up stretching. As a matter of fact, on that leg I, of the flight, the yeah. girl sitting next to me, yes. never got up the whole flight. Oh my god, how? Like, I'm always no on idea. the aisle seat going up me to like too. the bathroom. Me too. Yeah, constantly. I'm not going to the bathroom all the time, but, but I'm getting but up to move. But just stretching your legs though, yeah, or just yeah, like yeah, going yeah. for a walk because you get really cramped. Remember, that's how Carrie Fisher died. The, Carrie oh, Fisher yeah. was flying like New York to LA, that's and right. yeah. she didn't get up, and she got a blood clot from sitting. I didn't. Is that how she died? I uh-huh. didn't know that. Yeah. Oh wow. I think there. I mean, she I had mean, other yeah, issues but too, that didn't but like, help. Right. yeah. Well, if she had gotten right. up, she yeah. might not have had that problem. Well, you always get that like message when you get on a plane. It's always like, beware of DVT. Like, always do this. Always do that. Didn't she get that? They have those little. I don't You're know. You're talking I, about Qantas, a good airline. We have like, shitty airlines here. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. I'm sure Cathay Pacific, they yes. gave me all that stuff. But on United? No. no they're like, sit the fuck oh, down and yeah, shut up. I've, yes. That's, <laughs> yeah, I can. Okay, fair. <laughs> Although I have to be fair and say that I American I've had, I flew American quite a bit a couple of years ago. American's not bad. Yeah. I had some pretty great flight attendants. So. Oh, that's good. As a matter of fact, one yeah, I was. I fly American here. It's I've had do you? no issue with it. I fly yeah. Southwest, which okay. is great. But yeah, it's everyone's a, talked about them. Okay. It's good. Yep. The key to Southwest, in my opinion, yes. is to always do the little upgrade thing. Right. Which sometimes is more than others. It's hard to explain. I don't even know how that works. Just pay the, if you can do it in advance, pay it $20 or something. Then you don't have to worry about checking in 24 hours before. Got it. You'll get an A something. So you'll be the first group in, which means you can find a a good seat early on the flight. You can get your aisle seat. Yeah. You know, and And all that stuff. And you don't have to be on with the last hundred people. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and you're fighting for a middle seat in the back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the thing with Southwest. Gotcha. Once you get that trick down, you're good. You're solid. Okay. And, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Anyway. Good to know. Um, yeah. We're going to do the podcast just about flying. I love that. There probably <laughs> is one. Probably. I flew Qantas many times, though. Have I, you? Have uh, you been to Australia? I, I yeah. spent a summer, probably before you were born, I spent a summer there with my family. <laughs> nice. In like uh, 19, was it 84? Okay. Yep. Um, Australia in the 80s. Two and a half months. It was fantastic. Where'd you go? Um, most of our time was Melbourne, Sydney. Okay. Um, awesome. I was telling... Um, who was I telling this? I guess Andrew Rollins at, uh, wait, no. Wait, oh, my brain just failed me. But anyway, an Australian <laughs> steady cam operator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's from Perth. Got it. Um, there are two, um, both in the US. And there's an oh. American steady cam operator that moved to Perth and is a steady cam Well, there you go. This <laughs> is so weird. So it's like a whole switcheroo. <clears throat> Total switcheroo. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, we, we just kind of went around. My dad did a lot of business there. He was in the orange juice business. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and awesome. so he took myself, my mom, my sister, and my grandparents, and we went for two and a half months. That's lovely. We hit a couple other spots, too. We hit... Yeah. Um, uh, we came here to L.A. Mm-hmm. for like two days. And Where then, are you from originally? <clears throat> Orlando, Florida. Ah, awesome. Where the boys are from? We went to... I I grew up with uh, with one of the guys. No He's way. He's still a very good friend of mine. No way. Yeah. Can you say which one? Yeah, Howie. Yeah, no yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. He's going to come on the podcast at some point. Oh, we cool. we had a scheduling issue the last time we yeah, were supposed yeah. to do it, but um. Wow, small. He, he's on a world tour right now. He actually just played Orlando yeah, last yeah. night. Fantastic. Yeah, are you a fan? I am a Backstreet Boys girl, yes. Oh, okay. Well, yes. next time he's in town, we'll have to have drinks. Totally. Uh, oh. He's been to the Fat Dog right. many times, actually. No way. There which you is go. where we met. That's right. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, <laughs> cool stuff. So, yeah. So, you from Orlando, went to Australia, had a, a couple of months. We, yeah. We yeah. had such a good time. And we went to New Zealand for oh, a couple of days. Kudos and we hit on Tahiti. making it all the way over there. That's cool. Yeah. It was great. New My, Zealand's we awesome. traveled a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. And it was so important. Like, I think I, I don't have kids, but yeah. I think it's so important to get your kids. Mm. Uh, to be a little more worldly as soon as possible. You know? I agree. My parents always like tried to travel with, I have a younger sister. She's six and a half years younger than me. And so my parents always like instilled traveling with us, even if it wasn't like international travel. I think my first international flight was, I was, well, I was 11. So I was pretty young when I, when I traveled. And everywhere from Australia is far. It's really far. Yeah. yeah, really far. Like even going to just to, I mean, I went to Greece and we sort of did a little bit of Europe. So I met the rest of my family when I went over and it was just like, it's That's at like least 24 flight. hours to go to Europe. It's like a 10 hour flight at least. Or is it longer? What? To go to, to, to go to Europe or like to Greece? No, it's like 24. So you have to go via London usually. It literally is oh at least God. 24 hours. Ugh. And it, it's long. So yeah, yeah. living in America now is great. Cause everything is so much closer. Yeah. But yeah, Aussies, it's funny because like we travel so much. We just are so used to going long distances for it. But yeah. Well, the even thing if- is Europeans, Australians, mm-hmm. um, um, South Americans, they generally travel a lot yeah. more. They're, they're way more worldly. And they know... I was talking to a friend about this the other day. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I have an Australian friend... Um, mm. Uh, who who lives in Australia? But and and I wouldn't call him the smartest guy in the world. 
He's <laughs> a nice okay. guy, but he knows so much about what's going on in the world. Right. And I have friends here that mm-hmm. I consider very intelligent, and they don't know what's going on in the yeah. world right now. They don't yeah. know about Hungary going right. They don't know what's going on in Hong Kong right now and in Brazil right yeah, now. Yeah, totally. Right. Exactly, yeah. and, and Venezuela and whatever. Mm. It, it, unless it's like Venezuela where it's a giant story. Got you. Yeah. I mean, Hong Kong's a giant story. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't watch CNN, but I don't think that many people know how serious shit like this is around the world, you know? And what it means. Yeah, totally. I have an American friend who lives in Hong Kong who's like, oh, it's a pain in the ass going to work. And I'm like, now, it's easy for him because he's American. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, these people are fighting for democracy. Yep. They're fighting for their rights to be free of tyranny and dictatorship. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's pretty important. Very. And we're not really being exposed to that here. Not not a lot. Right. Because people did that for us a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and who fights our wars that are supposedly for those reasons? Yeah. Not the senator's kids. Mm. Not Mm -hmm. the rich kids. Mm -hmm. They all have bone spurs or whatever. Look, I didn't serve either, you know, but... Um, um, you know, my my dad got drafted in the army, oh, but things yeah. changed. Things changed through Vietnam. Yeah, uh, you know, um, my parents were deadly afraid that the 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 first Gulf War in ninety one. Mm-hmm. I was like sixteen, right? And having previously experienced Vietnam, mm, my parents course. were like, "Oh my God, he's going to get drafted." <gasps> yeah, they were so worried they'd reimplement the draft and start drafting right. people. That's um, a pretty terrifying. Yeah, I mean, they situation. were questioning what to do. Right. They were already like, should we should we go to Canada? We right. could we could go to Australia. We have a lot of friends there. Yeah, yeah. Like literally leaving the country so I wouldn't have to go fight in some sh- you I know can't even shitty imagine war. That. Like, Which yeah, you yeah. know, we it never no, came to no, this. No, I know, I know, I know. And I'm but not saying it's right great. or wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying you know they experienced this horrible fucking thing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody should have to anyway. No, no, no. I, <clears> I agree. But, um, but luckily, we yes. had the resources. If we were going to run, we could have. Which is great. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the poor kids, they can't go anywhere. They no. just have to go to the shitty place and mm-hmm. fight some rich guy's war for them. It's like a whole other world. It's well, like, I'm on a tirade right now. No, you're good. I love it. I was just like learning. It's great. <laughs> learning? No. I don't know. No, no. You know what I mean. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's it's a whole... Yeah. Well, because <laughs> Australians, you guys have always been in, uh, on our side. Um, right. Yeah. With, with wars, I think even Vietnam, you guys stuck with us. I believe so. Um, I genuinely don't know. Even I got to brush up on my history. Even Iraq, you're you, Australia is one of the most loyal countries to America. Yeah. As far that as doesn't surprise allies me. go. Yeah. Right. Yeah, There's exactly. England. Mm-hmm. Australia, mm-hmm. I think, is like number two. Or if it's not number two, yeah, that it's sounds probably, probably about right. Um, uh, Canada too. But yeah. um yeah. But yeah, which is funny because we're from so far away and mm-hmm. I, yeah, know, we just sort of Although like you're come far together. away from everybody, but I know like Australia is its own like thing. Continent. <laughs> Literally out in the ocean. just like so far. I'm actually super impressed that you've been to Australia cuz so many it's like everyone's like oh that's so far. Like I can't even go to the state next door or whatnot. And oh, just like okay, yeah. cool. I mean America's huge. There is so much to do here. Yeah. It's and it's one of the things that's like baffled me is just like every state or every little town even is so completely different mm-hmm. from the other. Like it's like you're in different countries as you travel around the states. Right. Which is 
kind of amazing. So I can understand why like a lot of people here sort of don't really need to travel as far as Australia because there's just, there is a lot to do in America. There is a lot to do. But I also see. think it's kind of great when you do get to leave your country and experience different cultures. and The culture and the perspective thing mm. is important, I see think. See where your place don't in you? all yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, going somewhere you don't like or yeah. you... Or, or even that you're just like, oh, it's okay, mm-hmm. is almost just as important as going somewhere that you really enjoy. Yep, I agree. You know, I went to love... Thailand. I was like, eh. Yeah, right. I've never been to Thailand, but I know a lot of people that have. It's like, it's yeah, it's a, it's a popular thing. spot for Aussies, It actually. is. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. That Bali, everyone's just like going to Oh, Indonesia. yeah, Bali, crazy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, kind of am always like, there's so many Aussies there. Why do I want to? I mean, I'll, I'm sure I'll go there one day, but. It's just like that's yeah. what they say. It's like it's like it's like an extension of right. Australia. It's like Australia too. Well, it's mostly just because there's so many tourists over there that go there. Right. It's close and it's like different. It's exotic. There's a lot more greenery, I guess. And, right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, but when you were talking yes. about different spots in America, isn't the mm-hmm. same true about Australia? Just on it a smaller is. scale. I guess so. I mean, I used to work for Tourism Australia, so I have experienced a lot of Australia right and uh yeah it is it's very I mean, it's funny because um I've noticed this since I moved here everyone's just like oh you're from England aren't you I'm just like no I'm Aussie and it's because my accent the Melbourneian accent I guess is different to like the Sydney accent or the Queensland accent and it's a little bit more open but anyway with that wow, you're giving people a lot of credit <laughs> I know I'm too much like, I would say I know I'm just like dude the accent is pretty different to the British accent, but anyway. <laughs> like, like um, I, I forgive Americans for thinking a South African accent is Australian, even, that, even yes. if the person is offended because sure. they sound closer. Sure, I will but take English that. English versus no, Australian. No, I know, is, I agree. On. I'm just kind of like I, I, I just brush it off. I don't let it annoy me anymore. I'm like, that's okay. Just go travel a little bit more. I'll pat you on the back. But <laughs> right. But yes, Australia is quite different. There's just like, there's a lot of nothing in between it takes a really long time to get to different places which is really cool actually because our country is just i just it's honestly amazing right um well that's the thing so there's some blend within america yeah in certain parts where it's there's population almost the whole way yes yes you know oh in australia Australia, without seeing someone exactly yeah yeah i've driven from you have the same amount of land essentially as the u.s correct yeah pretty much pretty close right yeah like australia is huge but you have 20 28 20 million people maybe i think it's like 22 okay possibly we have 40 million in california (laughs) wow so yeah. when you think about, you know, we have like 330 million people in the U.S. Yeah. in the same land mass no, as you, and there's shit than tons that. of open space around here. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. No, there's a lot. There's a, there's a. There, I mean, there are a lot of people in Melbourne and a lot in Sydney, actually huge. Mm-hmm. But then you can literally just, yeah, you, if you drive from South Australia, you go straight up to like right up north. That drive in between, I mean, you'll have, you'll hit Uluru and some really beautiful sites. Oh, you'll hit sites. a <laughs> Oh, you'll probably hit you'll a You'll see a lot of dead roo <laughs> yeah. laying But I have literally gone, like, I've, I used to camp around Australia quite a fair bit. Oh, wow. And I have genuinely gone two days in the middle of the outback without seeing a single car on the road. Which not is, even a car driving by, much no, less a not person even. A, it's actually kind to. of terrifying. I mean, it's beautifully peaceful, yeah. but at the same time, if you let that sink in, it's just like wow, there's nothing around. 
Also, so, yeah. all the it's most cool. deadly stuff. Animals. Oh, everything that can kill you is in Australia. Right. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. makes it even scarier yeah. to be out alone in the outback. Yeah. You know? Yep. This is true. It's funny. I like saw... Like you get attacked by a dingo or something. You can, there's a lot of things. <laughs> or like cane toads around not that you get attacked by them but we have like yeah everything spiders snakes bad spiders yeah really bad spiders i have such a phobia of spiders it's funny i saw a rattlesnake the other day hiking with uh a friend of mine and was he was he hiking quickly or slowly the rattlesnake or both (laughs) you said you saw a rattlesnake hiking yeah Yeah. oh (laughs) right love that sorry dad no that was good that was really good that was great i love that um no but it was crazy because i well, we actually saw two of them so my friend and i were hiking we yeah. stopped at one point and there was one right next to me Ooh. and one right next to her and it's weird because i sort of didn't really let the situation sink in a bit i was like oh cool all right maybe we should not be hiking anymore but that's fine and she just couldn't deal with it she's like she's saying, she, she totally freaked out she's oh. like we need to go now i'm like okay let's calmly like walk back down and i'm usually not the calm person she's usually the calm oh, one right. and it was such a funny role reversal to see that because i've seen snakes before so, for so me, that sent you home yeah 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 but wow. it was just like yeah well it was more i might have kept going because i kind of wanted to get to the top with this beautiful view but where were you somewhere in malibu i can't remember the trail but it was a beautiful day and there was there were other experienced hikers around that were like don't worry about it like honestly unless they if they cross your path just stop like this one woman was like educating us on how to handle it oh so the other people saw him too yeah 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 yeah. Uh, but my room like my friend just couldn't deal with it she just couldn't she was like we we need to go but it was amazing because um we i calmly led her back down even though we could hear the rattlesnakes like on our way down there were multiple Mm. and um the the trail got quite narrow so we get down to the bottom and it was quite a funny conversation because she was like how are you so calm in this situation when i'm usually not the calm one i'm like because i live in a country where i've sort of seen everything that can kill me before right kind of a funny (laughs) yeah it was just funny yeah no your life experience is (laughs) a little bit different yeah did you by the way did you hear about the one the other day oh my god no are you are you familiar okay so a woman Mm -hmm. uh had something in her ear okay people get bugs in their ears sometimes yeah, they crawl it happens in yeah right. yeah 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 so i guess she goes to the doctor i don't know how it all played out this is the quick version this is like a real thing that happened this happened the other okay. day all right uh, she goes to the doctor yes and it's a spider in her ear oh no and she's like oh my god oh, i have a spider god. in my ear so gross, gross. and they yeah. they pull it out mm-hmm. it's a brown recluse spider do you oh know that's the the deadliest like, spider in the U.S.? Right. Oh my god! If it had bit her in the ear, she's probably so she died. had it in her ear it and it didn't in bite her, her. Ear and didn't bite her. Oh wow! It was just that's taking so up lucky. refuge in yeah. her ear canal. That's very bizarre. So bizarre. Very concerning. Um, I'm glad she's okay. Very concerning. <laughs> it could happen in Kansas City. I've noticed the um, there are these. I mean, not to like sidetrack, but there are these beetles that like fly around in LA that are green. And they just... Have you seen them before? Hmm. They're huge. They're like the size of my fist. And they're these green beetles that just fly. And they, hmm. I don't know. Anyway. I no, was like, I don't... That? That's maybe, cool. maybe I haven't my, seen that before. Maybe my brain isn't working right right yeah. now. But yeah, I don't yeah. remember seeing one. But we have in Florida what's called... They used to call them palmetto bugs. Right. Which is basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. They ma- they're really noisy when they fly. They're like... Right. <laughs> they're like blowflies almost. Ish. What's a blurfly? A blurfly is just like a really big loud fly. 
Oh, okay. But anyway, yes, continue. Well, these yeah. are like the size that they look like a flying roach. Oh, they're yeah. They're like very big. Right, okay. It's kind of like the ones that I've seen here, but they're okay, green but and green. prettier. But okay. Florida would have had such an interesting climate as well because it's like really humid and like... Yeah. Anyway. Well, part of Florida, South Florida is actually below the the tropics line. Right, okay. So um, we get a fair amount of... A lot of the deadly stuff that's in the U.S. is in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the it's the Australia of the United okay. States. Yeah, good to know. I think it to some degree. Yeah, but um, but cool. yeah, the humidity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not great. Not your humidity is all right in Australia, right? It's, it's not, not too, too crazy. bad. Like it gets Melbourne, brutal hot. Melbourne's like four seasons in a day, so I kind of like. I've heard that about it. Yeah, it's like it's like San Francisco kind of right. Well, you get that like really hectic wind chill uh-huh. but then it's um yeah you're just always carrying clothes because you don't know what you're gonna get right like it'll rain or it'll be sunny or it um yeah so la is kind of nice because you it's there's a little bit of consistency well la is a little bit like that yeah. compared to orlando where i'm from. right okay orlando's just hot and muggy all the time like it's super yeah. consistent it yeah well it rains a lot yeah and it's hot and muggy i mean in the winter it can be really beautiful but mm-hmm. it's still pretty muggy and generally i went to pre- disney world for like two weeks oh, so you've been there so i have and when oh. i when i when i went i wish i mean i would love to see more of florida but that's all i did when i went and it was supposed to be really hot every day i was like what was it november i think i went yeah november so it would have been the 80s probably right yeah okay uh, but what ended up happening was there was just this particular year that i went there was this big kind of cool front that just came through for the oh, that entire duration that i was there oh really and it was just really humid and muggy it would rain all the time Uh and then it would go away and be really really hot so like there was no consistency over those two weeks and i was wearing like scarves and oh really jumpers and like things that i had not packed for (laughs) just like buying all these different things oh really it would be really hot i'm like okay this is fun (laughs) it's all right when you're in disneyland it's okay (laughs) yeah disney um, world yes disney world that's right Big but so yeah, I understand the humidity. Um, oh, Sydney's yeah. quite humid. I lived there for a little bit, and it's just gross. Yeah, it's just like ugh. Melbourne's like the artier city, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been right, so yeah. But I, I was young, you know. Yeah, Melbourne's really and it also artsy. was a long time ago. True, it's <laughs> thirty <Yeah>. years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cities change quite. It's it's like changed quite drastically yeah. in the last ten years, I would say. So Melbourne's just so multicultural and beautiful. I mean, I love Sydney as well. Sydney is just really quite visually beautiful, but I think there's a lot of culture and a lot of lifestyle in Melbourne that I am particularly drawn to. Right. There's a lot of, like, there's a street that's just just completely dedicated to graffiti art, mm. and it's constantly changing, constantly evolving. So you always want to go walk down there to see what's up. Cool. Um, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Big sporting capital of Australia. Lots of sports happen there too. Right. It's just a cool kind of very U- European place, I feel. Okay. So, yeah. That's cool. Where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, that's not... You were born in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Born in Melbourne. I think we spent most of our time in Sydney. Okay. When I was there, but we definitely were in melbourne some of the time right yeah again i was young so yeah that's but fine. sydney's like the more conservative city right sydney's very yeah it's very like i feel like it's they're a, not even that far apart either no no like it's a so couple funny. hours right no it's like a 10 hour drive oh is it that far yeah i thought it was closer no no mm. it's like 10 hours solid 10 hour drive hour and a half flight 
but um Sydney's just more of a business hub, I feel. Like, it's got beautiful... The beaches there are amazing. And it's got much more of a, like, kind of chill vibe when you go a little bit further out of the city. Mm. But it's also a very, like, in the city particularly. I find that, like, Melbourne's a kind of place where when you're in the city, that's where everything's kind of happening, in and around the city. Mm. Whereas in Sydney, it's it's sort of the opposite. Okay. It's like Sydney is just, like, it's like the financial district of downtown here. It's It's very business hobby and people kind of keep their heads down very dead at night i lived in the middle of the city and i it was just very touristy as well but Mm. then you you know you've got the harbour bridge there and the opera house which is also beautiful Mm -hmm. so i think sydney is just kind of a place where you sort of need to do a great fireworks display there they do they do did you did you were you there for new years or anything no no okay no it's amazing but i've seen it on tv it's pretty cool (laughs) yeah i watch it on tv Sydney's yeah. like great for that. Yeah. So yeah, I think that Sydney's like one of those places where you sort of need to know where to go. Right. To okay. be able to like really integrate into that culture. Okay. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's what, really what, cool. What would you compare Sydney to as far as like US cities? Oh god, I don't know. You don't know? Okay, no, that's I don't right. know. I feel like there's elements of downtown in LA that are a little bit like Sydney. Right. For me, like like I said, like that financial kind of area of downtown here right. is like the city of Sydney. Right. But then kind of I also think like Venice, yeah. But like Venice is like Sydney's just Bondi Beach kind of area. Is it really? Yeah, but oh, they have stuff like that, huh? Bond, but Venice is still a little commercial, I think. Whereas I don't, I don't know how to explain it. The beaches in Australia are like a whole other thing, right? But it's it's a bit more like you sort of need to get a bit further out of LA to sort of experience that, right? I'm not sure if I could compare it to anything here, but yeah, the Malibu beaches are pretty good. They're pretty great. Um, yeah. I love how LA, you've literally got the beach like down one end and then you've got the desert and mountains up the other. It's kind of great for just whatever you're into. Well, there's those people who like go surfing and snowboarding Mm -hmm. in one day. um, (laughs) Just to say they did it mostly, but... That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's no other city that could be like that. No. LA isn't There must be one. I don't know though. Where? Yeah. Maybe no. Seattle. Well, if you go to like Vancouver, probably. I guess it's, so. I mean, if you're. That's true, because I'm Vancouver's got Whistler, and then you've got. Right, you know, right. Which is kind of cool. The water's Vancouver's not far. Beautiful. Anyway. Yeah. Well, so you're obviously, you're mean, you're pretty well traveled. Have you. Oh, gone? yeah. I've been. So you've done Australia. Six and, continents. Yep. Um, oh, wow. Awesome. Still missing Antarctica. Um, I lived. I've lived out of the country multiple occasions. Australia cool. was. We were living out of the country, but it, yeah. it was more of a vacation. Okay, cool. Um, I lived in Grand Cayman. I, all my first memories are from Grand Cayman. I lived there for nice. four years in the seventies. We very briefly moved to Costa Rica. Oh wow! Cool. Got everything we owned stolen, and very quickly moved <gasps> no. back to Grand Cayman. Fair enough. Oh, that's <laughs> horrible, and that would not. Everything. Yeah. The whole shipping container. No. Taken. Yeah. It's oh crazy. Oh my god. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. Um, um yeah. So we were there two weeks and okay. um the house came with an armed guard. Right. And then my dad found out that he wouldn't have power at the office for two days a week and okay. we wouldn't have power at the house for two days a week because they were in a war with Nicaragua. Okay, right. You know, and So did your stuff get stolen on the way there? No, like customs just... took it. Oh shit. Like it lands and they're like that'll go great in my, you know. That's a thing? Oh, my God. That was the thing there. And what are you going to do? I'm so sorry. What are yeah, you going to do? That's true. So you report it Customs to the cops and they go, scary. yeah, and? Yeah. Yeah. 
you know so wow. um yeah okay. he found out yeah, they found out the hard way that probably wasn't the best place to move yeah to. place yeah. to move i don't That's know why weird. the hell he wanted to move there in the first place yeah, it was pretty but, random but um hey new adventures yeah uh, at the time he did a lot of business with brazil okay uh and australia got it so those were his two main well and that makes it that juice makes suppliers yeah. um yeah but anyway um yeah, yeah, whatever. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was, cool. it was so I had a really fun childhood. I mean, the yeah. only reason we moved back to Florida yeah um was cuz like by second grade, I think, mm-hmm. all the kids there are a lot of Canadians and English there. Mhm. Um so all the non-local kids mm. go to boarding school in England. Okay. They start in second grade and my sister was going into second grade and my right. parents didn't want to send her to boarding school. Okay, fair. So we moved back to Florida, went to public school there. Got it, got it. Makes um, sense. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great place to live. That's cool. That it was you in the had water so every day. Much. I learned to swim, like, I think right when I turned two or something. That's awesome. Yeah. It's cool that you got to travel so much growing up as well. It's just like so fantastic. Such a good I'm so way lucky. To, yeah. yeah, see the world. But it, but it made, you know, it, it, yeah. it, I have a broad. Sound like an asshole. I have a broad <laughs> range of knowledge about yes. a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, you know, because I'm, of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. And it, yeah, and that got. I think part of doing all that got me interested in learning about the world and. Right. You know, like yeah. this idea that Europeans and Australians and a lot of other people take a year off in between mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. high school and take before like college. Yeah. Yeah. They take a gap year and they go. If they're from Australia, they go backpack through Europe. They do. Yeah. That's a or thing. Or they go backpack through the U.S. That's right. Whereas um, they don't do that here in the U.S. Right. Everyone's oh, just no, like, we save up, pressure. we go to college. People spend hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars bribing their kids into colleges. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. No one really. I. I. I kind of got a sense of that. Like that people. I mean, I've had so many conversations where no one really gets paid leave here very often and holidays and it's just like a machine and everyone just kind of goes from one thing to the other Mm -hmm. to the other and Mm -hmm. I think that's just such a shame because I think yeah well most people you know you need a break even if you can't afford to travel overseas like just go somewhere different just go on a little drive go on a road trip for a week you know right or like a day right get out of your little zone for a hot sec yeah Um, yeah otherwise the world can get a little bit consuming and for sure I just I don't know. I always just believe that, like, leaving your space, your everyday space, is just so incredibly important. Yeah. But no, I agree with you. Yeah. And you know what's funny is, okay, so in Australia, you get a full time job. What do you get to start with as far as vacation time? Honestly, I don't even know because I never went down the normal route okay. that everyone went down. Uh, let so, me say that I think it's at least four weeks per year yes probably that and it might Judging be more from, like watching my parents do that yeah. okay yeah probably in the u.s you're lucky if you get two weeks you could be with really? a company 30 years and get two weeks off a year Jesus. and here's the crazy part about it mm. a lot of these people that have this vacation time they don't even use it like people Why? let their vacation expire because people are so worried yeah about the, like the job and well the companies just, aren't loyal to people right okay do your fucking job I don't care if you want to go on vacation this is do yeah, 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 you know yeah, what yeah. I mean and they act that, like mm, like this is how so people kind of act yeah yeah and I, I'm not saying everywhere and no you know, no I mean it's like there's a I culture of that saying. here yeah. it's yeah, like work 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 that. work work it's mm-hmm. not quite mm-hmm. China or Japan no but but it's you know we we people beat the hell out of ourselves working yeah I have noticed that 
Yeah. yeah. And pe- like, people relax way less. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, like just even in everyday life without anyone even mentioning that, you can just kind of tell mm-hmm. that, that it's just that everyone's so not uptight. That's not the quite the there's right some, word. A little but bit, there's just something yeah. there that mm-hmm. is, I'm just like, I just want to give you a massage. You know? Right, right, <laughs> like, right, right. Just like, just chill for a hot second. Right. But then you look at like, the Scandinavian countries like Sweden and Norway and all of those places that are just like giving time off for the fathers, you know, when, when they're pregnant and uh-huh. they're about to have a kid and, yeah. you know, the work hours have completely changed. So parents have more time with their kids now and mm-hmm. there's actually like less work hours in the day, but they're finding that people are much more productive right. because they are working less, but then they They've still have that time tests. with their families. They've been doing these yep, tests yep, and they're like, you know yep. what, we're just going to cut a day off the work week. Oh, look. More stuff got done this like, week. How can you bring that here? Right. It's That'd people cool. on fucking Facebook or whatever yeah. Yeah. dicking around when mm-hmm. they, you know, and yeah. because they know they have to be there eight hours. Exactly. Yeah. You don't they have you half just, hours like, worth of work left. I and tried they, doing right. the nine to five thing at one point. Uh-huh. Well, I didn't actively. I was just content producing in this one particular job that I had. And I was mostly traveling. But when I was in the office, it was just Was like, that the tourism? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was in the office, I found it so difficult to concentrate i mean i'm i'm a spreader kind of person anyway i I like being in the outdoors and kind Mm -hmm. of moving around i work in the morning and really late at night but i did notice that even the staff that were there that were doing the nine to five like people would just kind of take like hour-long breaks here and there just pretend to be doing things and i have to be here until five and then i'm gonna go home and it's just like well i don't know i feel like if you can get your stuff done and that short amount of time you just end up being a bit more productive but that's what i think that's that, not the general consensus but i don't know right it's just that's it'll it's take just, it takes time for these things to change of course i think they've changed a little bit i think a lot more people are telecommuting yeah and mm-hmm. and i think um i think a lot of tech companies realize like yeah you know i don't have to stare at them all day no for them to get their job done you yeah. know, yeah. and and why should we rent a giant office if for everybody to bring their, their computer from home, mm-hmm. open it on the desk at the office, mm. and do what they could do sitting at home? And then if they need to go here. pick yeah. their kid up at one thirty, they can't. They don't feel weird about yeah. leaving the office and then coming back. You know what yeah. I mean? They just no, I know exactly what you mean. It's, right. it just seems a bit more logical way of life. Right, and not every job is like that. I get no. it, and not every person fits the no. bill for that. Totally. Some people, unfortunately, need somebody over their shoulder, yeah, kind of cracking a whip on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, I might kind of be that way sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I mean, hey, I work well under pressure too. Well, like everyone, I mean, I thrive off it actually. But yeah, I, it's, I, I, yeah. I, I know what you mean. It's. I'm. Uh, if you kind of go too long without sort of. I'm inherently lazy. Yeah. And I finally yeah. started admitting that to myself. Right. But like at work, okay. at work, and like when I'm on a mission to do something, yes. I'm not lazy at all. I, I, yeah. I can get things done quickly mm-hmm. and I think well and whatever, um, whether it's getting a shot done or like editing the podcast. I'm really, I well, release so many podcasts late at night because yeah. I'm like, yeah, totally <laughs> fucking putting it off all well, day. Maybe. Not like a maybe it's like that kind of like combination because I feel like I can be that too, especially when you're on set and you've got you know a job to do. It is very high pressure, high stress. Well, not even high stress, but you're just like on uh-huh. in a completely different way, perhaps to some of the nine to five. I'm not right. saying this. I mean that's a generalization, but I feel like when you are working on a job, 
in the industry here you are right. just you you are in this very it's very physical and it's very like mentally kind of just there's a lot of focus. well also the challenge so, is different when you're directing something they're mm-hmm. like you have to shoot these seven pages today or this much content mm-hmm. you yeah. have like you, you have, have like to me- do this yeah. two yeah. fucking day yeah. in 10 hours or 12 hours or however long Dealing you have. Dealing with a lot of people. Period. Yeah. And it has to get done, period. This yeah. is what you were hired to do. Yeah. If you're in the nine to five, they're like, where's the TPS reports? And they're mm-hmm. like, I'll get them to you in the next couple of days. Yeah. And it's a like, totally different ballgame. But right. I feel like with that, because I can be quite lazy sometimes too. It will actually, maybe not, but it's a balance between like. Don't bring yourself down to my level. <laughs> no, you're fine. I think it's because when you have that every day and you are trying to get something done in a very short time frame and it is so physically exerting Uh then you're kind of counterbalancing that by in your case being lazy I guess at home it's like you're kind of stress relief from that so you're just like well I don't have to have that high pressure situation right now and I can do this on my time clock so I don't think you need to feel bad about it I think Mm. it's like it's that that balance. I don't, I feel, I don't like feel bad sometimes. about it. I feel yeah. like I feel like I could be better. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> it's a t- it's a it's a it's a point of self improvement for me. Okay, you well, know, that's fair. which I think is a positive yeah. thing. Yeah, well, that's um, good. You're like, yeah. okay, I acknowledge this. All right. 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 Got it. Um, but uh, but wow, we finally started talking about film stuff. <laughs> I know. You know we're this. just like talking about so many life things. Um, is tourism? Is that how you got into directing? Because I haven't even, uh, it'll mm-hmm. say on the thing that you're a director and whatever, mm-hmm. so people will know that going in, yeah, but we yeah. haven't even talked about it. No, I know. <laughs> My story. Um, no, I just, okay, so I weirdly fell into tourism without ever thinking that I was going to get into tourism. Okay. That makes sense. So I always, I always wanted to be in film. I knew very, very, very young that I How wanted young? to be in film. Um I think around five or six, I knew I wanted to be in film. Didn't know what capacity. You didn't think you wanted to be an actor? I did. I thought I was going to be an actor at first. Okay. And so my parents put me into like an acting school outside of school just because I was a very like... You had an early interest. Just a confidence thing. And I was a very loud kind of like expressive person. So I think they just kind of put me into that to really like improve. Yeah. And I was just like always... I wasn't like super academic in um like i didn't like math i didn't like you know those kind of things and my Mm -hmm. parents realized that very 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 early on that you were artsy yes right very much so all right so i but i always used to just watch films like i loved movies i would watch behind the scenes specifically like from just so young Mm. the first dvd that my parents got was like the matrix you know 1999 i was nine years old and I just remember like watching the behind the scenes of that, like constantly surround sound, just like just in my headphones, just watching how did they make this? So I always sort of knew I was very interested in film. I just, again, didn't know at what capacity thought I was going to act, did like acting outside of school for a very, very long time. And then when I was like 16, 16. That's great for for a director though, to have have acting experience. Yeah, I think it really helps. It's a big positive. Well, it helps because it's just like, Thanks. I feel like it's, um, I look at how, well, it's just how I talk to the actor. Exactly. It's just not like, do it this way. It's like, what's the emotion to get to that point? And just you understand the process. Yeah. yeah. I hated, I liked acting. I hated learning lines. Mm-hmm. I really, really hated learning mm-hmm. lines. I feel like I was pretty good at 
doing a lot of big kind of powerful roles because I knew how to project my voice because mm-hmm. I'm a pretty loud like theater. person yeah. yeah and I think it's like something in the Greek in me as well I was just always kind of brought up with storytelling my grandfather mm. would always tell me stories of like ancient Greek you know Oh really? And Zeus and cool. all that kind of stuff. So storytelling was always in in my blood. Right. Um. You know, uh, my grandfather would tell me he used to steal bread in his village so he could go buy a movie ticket. <laughs> he would like sell the bread so he could just take that and go to the movies. Oh instead. wow! It was really cool. So Funny. yeah. So I always loved film, and then I in in, in school I basically. Um, one of my teachers, I, so I went to a girl's school and Kate Blanchett went to my particular school. Mm-hmm. Her name was like up on this board, basically, like in the assembly hall. She was famous just, by the time you were there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Like, so she'd already done like Lord of the Rings and all that kind of stuff. Um, so oh, she was, okay. Yeah, she was like very well known by the time I was there. But I would remember seeing her name up on the boards and it was under directing like the school play. And I was like, uh, maybe I should try that. One of my oh. teachers really encouraged it, and I did it. And I was like, this is way cooler than learning lines, you know? Right. And it was just like, I think that's when it sort of clicked for me, and it cemented that, okay, I want to be in film, but on the production you side. You found your place. Mm-hmm. That's so, cool. Yeah, so I just... Did you, did you hear... You told me you listened to a little bit of Angel, Angelique's podcast. Mm-hmm. Did you hear her talking about learning lines? No, I didn't. She says she 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 wants to she doesn't like learn the lines Mm -hmm. she learns what it's all about and then the lines kind of oh that's cool yeah that's how she you're learning how that process was really interesting that's awesome yeah she also kind of said she has kind of a photographic memory for the lines well that's good yeah which helps but but she wasn't concerned about learning the actual words she's concerned about learning the meaning yeah that's super important what she's trying to convey i love that right yeah yeah that's actually awesome that that's yeah. her process and she's think, very very young like and she right. figured that out pretty Good quickly i think yeah that's mm-hmm. awesome because that's essentially what it is like if you know what that character is gonna say right then it sort of like dict- comes out naturally and most writers yeah. most yeah won't mind mm-hmm. if it works mm-hmm. and if it's real mm-hmm. if you're working for aaron sorkin learn the fucking lines yeah. but if you're you know what i mean like, yeah no totally there are certain ones you have to say exa- every word for it's word like, for word but i was listening to this thing and i was because i watched once upon a time in hollywood recently and it was so tarantino I, yeah. talking about how he spent like years just with the characters and figuring out what those characters were before he wrote the script mm-hmm. and i went to I mean, i've seen the movie many many times now <laughs> have you really yeah i've seen you it you like it a lot I, i've seen it six times Yes. Holy shit. But I learn something every time I watch it. And I've seen it in various different capacities with like different Q&As because I'm constantly just trying to learn. Oh, you've gone about... to Q&As mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Mm. But in one of them, um, I also just fucking love Tarantino. <laughs> but... I do too, but I don't love everything he does. That's okay. That's, I, he's, I, he's... I, I did not like Kill Bill. I wouldn't even see the, t- okay. the Robert Rodriguez, whatever thing he did. I Death was... Proof, Grindhouse. That... No, okay. All right. So not interested. Um, wow. But yeah, Pulp Fiction's brilliant. Reservoir Dogs is brilliant. Um, well, all his films are like his earlier work is very different. I think to some of his later stuff, and there's there's something kind of for everyone there, and that's okay. Yeah, well, his earlier ones are much more culturally relevant, mm-hmm. if that's the right. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, idea, but like yep. Inglorious Bastards is incredible. It's oh, it's movie. like his, t- his, it's his masterpiece. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. There's like... I don't yeah. think... You think it's his masterpiece? I still think Pulp Fiction's better. I feel like a lot of people think... I, I'm more of a 
I mean, Kill Bill is actually the reason I wanted to be a director. No way. Yeah. Now we're like circling back, but like that's so yeah, funny. I saw Kill Bill like around that same time when I directed that play because uh. that's when it came out, and it literally changed my life. Like really? I just I don't know what it was. I'd seen so many cool movies up until that point, but Kill Bill was just like the different kind of um, like moments in the fact that he used anime and the fact that the like the lighting change in the final scene with like the sword fights and like mm-hmm. it, it from a visual sense and I'm a very visual person mm-hmm. it's just like completely is literally the reason I was like oh that's what I want to do I want to direct okay. that movie is exactly that well visually it is great <clears throat> yeah I'll give you that and and there are great parts of the film I've said this before like yeah. I love the part where Uma Thurman is trying to get her feet to wake up and oh it's so cool right and it's you know very like clever there are other parts and there's the steady cam mm-hmm. shot that i've talked about um mm-hmm. oh i think in the very last uh yeah, podcast that whole, like yeah <clears throat> yeah um it's so impressive and great you mm-hmm. know um mm-hmm. i just well you heard me say no, it before okay. i just it's i just don't forever, vibe right? with like it seems so to, uh, not uh I, anyway, no, it's okay. Yeah, it's I fine. Do, yeah, I just, I guess it just doesn't connect with me. That's and maybe that's okay. the way I should like, say. It, yeah, it's a and and that's fine. Like, yeah. I I've have a lot of friends that it's the same thing. It's like Pulp Fiction is their kind of be all and end all, and then they'll be like, yeah, Kill Bill and Glorious. Well, in Glorious, I feel like everyone kind of I think everybody it, likes but, that one. Yeah, um, definitely like Kill Bill and some of the other like Django, even Hateful Eight. You know, everyone's a little bit on the fence and everyone kind of mm-hmm. refers to his earlier works. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Like, it's fine. Right. Um, everyone's got an opinion. That's okay. I respect that. But uh, anyway, okay, what, about, what we're talking about. <laughs> what about... That's okay. <laughs> what, uh, we'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. Because you were saying Kill Bill was what made you want to be a director. Yes. But what do, yes. You, th- what do you think about the short version of P.T. Anderson? Your thoughts? Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, like whether I like his work or yeah, not? Yeah, I'm curious. Because it's funny because we like the mm-hmm. same Quentin movies, but mm-hmm. then you like ones I don't. Yeah. Which is weird to me. It's it weird. Seems I like haven't our... seen enough of like his films, honestly. Like, is there some people that I'm just like, that's there, I'll get to it. What was it? He did, um, what was the recent one that he did? That I, um, oh, about the dressmaker. Yeah, um, uh, Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. I that was interesting. That I was intrigued. I'm intrigued by his work. I'm not sure that I could call myself a big fan of it because I haven't actively sat down and like really kind of. I mean, have you seen Boogie Nights? Do you know what? I haven't. I haven't. (gasps) I know. It's a classic. There are some films that I'm just like, Eleanor, you should slap yourself. Like, shame on you because there are some classics that I'm just like, that's there and I will get to it. Right. But I I shouldn't. You should get on it. I should not even admit this right now. No, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay because. I need to see. It's like on my list. It's like so high up on my list. People dog people for not seeing stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know. But I've mm. seen this, 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 that. Like, yeah. I don't have an unlimited... There, there are too many, so movies, many movies. You can't watch all of them. So many movies. So, like, shaming somebody for not seeing something is kind of dumb. Okay. But I still think you should see it. And I think it's I very will. much worth seeing because it's a Maybe director's movie. Is it? Yeah. yeah, you should. Yes. Boogie Nights is his Pulp Fiction. Right, right. Um, by the way, his second movie, mm-hmm. his most commercially accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... There and will then, be blood yeah, and magnolia yeah. and like there holy will be blood shit. was intense. Uh, I mean, Punch Drunk like, Love, s- starring Adam Sandler in a very serious role. Did mm-hmm. you see that? Mm-mm. 
So okay, but you saw, but you saw there will be blood, mm-hmm. and you thought I saw it a long time ago, but when I like when it came out, but okay, I remember being like very like engaged with it. Okay, and I thought it was like incredible. I'm not sure I connected with the story too much, okay, but I remember like again from a visual sense, and the, like right. the acting was phenomenal. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, this is a cool film. And the beginning but I don't know that, if I want to watch it again. You know, it was like one of those. That's very interesting that you said that because I've said that about The Master. Right. See, I still haven't seen The Master. I saw The Master on opening night in, in right. projected in 70 millimeter. And, oh, wow. Um, that would have been cool. Yeah. And, um, and at wow. the end of the movie, I was like, I'm not sure if I liked it or not. Right. It, because yeah. it's such a complex movie, yeah. And you should listen to Colin Anderson's um, podcast. Mm-hmm. He's okay. he's uh, Paul's operator. Got it. And he talks about there will be blood, and there's mm-hmm. a part where, um, uh, they're talking and walking. They did it like six different times. He fired an actor. Oh wow! They they brought in <laughs> oh, um, Paul uh, Dano, mm. who was Paul Dano. Fuck, like incredible that guy. Like, he, fuck. <laughs> he came in like a month and a half into the movie on a last minute call. They, they, the, he whoever, like, ma- like, the movie is incredible because like, oh my God. Because of him. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, everybody else too, but he's so no, like, fucking good. Yes, and agreed. And he came in on a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. And I think his first day shooting mm. was the church scene. Oh my god! Where they're having that big yeah, confrontation yeah, yeah. and he's freaking out in the church. I think that was the first scene he did Holy with shit. Daniel Day Lewis. He's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Fucking hell! That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I th- I think I remember hearing him on something talking about that. But right. um, okay. But anyway, no. Uh, yes. You know, um, um, I like movies that are 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 deeper than a plot. You know, that are yeah, same. Um, I talked about Same. Midsummer with somebody on here, and I said I'm not sure what it's about, and that's my problem with it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a well-made film. It is. It is. I mean, some of it can be a little cheesy. I I thought I, it was too long. I thought it could have been a lot I shorter. I agree. I agree. I and I think some of the visuals in it were like quite obvious. Like it was clearly foreshadowing what was going to happen, so you kind of know what's what's i don't know i was intrigued i think i figured it. out pretty early that they were sacrificial lambs mm, yeah 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 not early maybe but no. but yeah. as soon as like, possible i think but yes yeah. yeah no same it wasn't that hard but i think the way it was made was very intriguing mm-hmm. and it was like the acting was really good and it was like a really cool film but again did you have a good sense of what it was about because somebody the other day was trying to say to me that it was they thought it was pretty clear or no they didn't say it like that but they're like i think it was about the patriarchy like because he's oh. so shitty to her and all this stuff really? and i'm like i didn't even like my brain didn't go to what's this about my brain really? went to just like that was a cool really interesting film that kind of profiled this girl that was like obviously going through a very very difficult time and like just how she kind of I mean God I have to rack my brain just to like remember it right even though I watched it very recently but well, somebody was saying like her revenge against the patriarchy was the end you know interesting for I'm me like, I just saw it as like a character that's just changing from this one space this very traumatic experience that she went through and uh-huh. how 
she basically was able to like kind of come back to herself and kind of renew herself in a way mm. and just I mean I could be completely wrong right but I just well all these things are up for interpretation journey. which is yeah. cool yeah my thing was I couldn't find an interpretation to make yeah that's frustrating like we were the no, five I of us understand. were talking and going I don't know right after I the understand. movie we're all going I don't know somebody was like is it is it like an anti-drug movie yeah and I'm like There's no a lot of it can't on. be like because yeah. they're on drugs the whole movie almost gotcha. yeah right, right. they're, on, they're on like hallucinogens and shit I know you're like what the fuck's going and Sorry, I'm swearing a lot. <laughs> oh, I, I don't fucking care. <laughs> cool. uh, like, what is uh, your rating? <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Yeah. Um, no, but anyway, yeah. it was just an f- interesting one. Sorry to bring that up. No, I just, no, I just wanted fine. to hear your perspective. Yeah. You know. No, no. I mean, I, it, I was very engaged throughout the film, uh-huh. and I was, I actually really had a positive reaction. Like, I saw it with a buddy of mine, and we were both like, "Well, shit, that was fucking cool." Okay. Like, I, I genuinely walked out of this. Oh man. So you guys came out like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We okay. both of us were just like, I mean, he's a really old friend of mine from film school. Like, we deconstruct films. Like, it, it, this right. was like the perfect film to go, yes, let's talk about this. And I don't know. I remember afterwards, I was like, that was really cool. Like, I lo- but I also love how things are made. You know, it's like, I really loved Darren Aronofsky's Mother. And a lot of people really hated that film. I and haven't I like, seen it. And I've heard from so, so many good. people both sides of that. Right. Okay. So I'm like, this is cool. It's an art movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. yeah. that's what happens when you make an art movie. Mm-hmm. People either mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah. they have opinions about it. Totally. You know? I love those opinions. I yeah. Love, I love like, even if you didn't like it, like, let's talk about it. Right. Um, well, the nice yes. part is there's subtlety. So you can figure out like, like, it's okay to have an opinion that it was bad. Agreed. If it's just some big commercial movie and they're like, I thought it sucked. Or I thought yeah. it was great. It's yeah. like, no, it's not great. It's milk toast. It's, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's Transformers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> you know what you're going to get. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, it can't mm-hmm. be great and it can't be terrible. No. It's just. It's just, yeah. What it is. Yeah. It's just. You should watch Mother. It's so I, good. I've been meaning to. I really have. It's really good. I've I've heard interesting things. I think somebody kind of spoilered it for me. Oh, no. To tell me who she is. Damn. Um. It's like it's like because you're supposed to figure it out, right? Yeah, I feel like it was a movie that was just marketed completely wrong. But when you think about, because it was marketed as like a horror film, right? And I guess in a way, it which is why I didn't go, right? And so people were like, "Oh, it's like this haunted house kind of thing," and just like shit goes wrong, and like Uh Javier Bardem is like kind of cool, and like is he in it? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, he plays her husband. Um, But it's just like so not that. And I, I mean, I, I'm sh- like, I'm not gonna, you know. Yeah. But it's just like one of those films where its beauty lies in when you realize what's going on once you've sat with it at the end. Okay. Like I sat with it for a hot second. I turned to my friend and I was like, "Did you get that?" She's like, "No, this was my interpretation." I was like, "No, this is what happened." I'm like, oh my god, it's so good. But you, <laughs> but you couldn't. There's no way to kind of market that properly. But um. Right. But yeah. But it's great that people like him. Mm. who are big enough they've made enough money in the past that people will take shots with them Mm. and let them make the movie they want to make yeah as opposed to and and it's the same for paul thomas anderson it's actually the same for quentin yeah totally um when you look at like once upon a time in hollywood it is not a traditional film when people are like what's the story with that what is that film about sony kept talking about how they just like made a huge risk took a huge risk like making this for tarantino but he's so established that he's just like yeah just do it 
And it's his biggest hit. They marketed it very well. They did. And he barely did much press for it either. Like the interviews were very minimal. Kind of just kind of had its own journey, you know? I don't know that people love watching him on TV. <laughs> I'm not knocking him. I'm not. No. And I he, feel he, almost he the same way in certain ways about Martin Scorsese. Oh, yeah. They're like, they talk yeah, really yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, you know, because... Yeah. And you're like, That's okay, like, yeah, yeah. you're not wrong. You're giving me anxiety you're right now. Wrong. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And like... And that's yeah. who they are, which is cool, and mm-hmm. they're geniuses. Don't mm-hmm. don't even you know don't mm-hmm. don't question my my yeah. my kind of love for both of those guys. Yeah, but not everybody needs to go out in front of a mainstream crowd. No, yeah. because and well, I'm not blaming like it on Tarantino. them. I'm blaming it's it on like, the crowd. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. dumb dumb people don't. Or I mean, even me, like yeah. listening to Scorsese. Sometimes I'm like, uh, my shoulders come up a little. Yeah, because right. he's just going so fast. Yeah. You're trying to keep up, and like, I always just see him as like the the like that blowfish from like was it was that movie that he did with like Will Smith? It was like Nemo, but it wasn't Nemo. It was um, oh god, it's gonna bother me so much when the shark shark tail shark tail. Mm. Did you ever watch that? No, I vaguely remember it. Like it a, was like a mob movie, but it was like a, set in the water, right? No, yeah, it was like cartoon. Like, what well, was an animation? But yeah, it yeah, was just, yeah. It was like pretty but wasn't much. Wasn't it like a mob long. kind of thing? Honestly, I, I, I think I can't remember. Oh. It's been so long well, since I, I watched it. it but, but all I remember, I just see like the Scorsese because he was in it, and he's like fish. this fish that's just like like the blow. You know, those ones that just like blow up. What are they called? Blowfish, right? right. Blowfish? I don't yeah, know what they're yeah, called. Yeah. Blowfish, yeah. And he's got the massive eyebrows. <laughs> and it just like, it looks like Scorsese. <laughs> he's just this fish that just like talks really fast because it's, it's just him. So every time I just hear him talk, <laughs> I just imagine him as that. Which That's is pretty really good. kind of silly. But That's... anyway, it's funny the things that stick to your memory. Yeah. But anyway. Well, but I no, don't I, know I, how much press he did for his last movies, mm. but it would be interesting to look into the correlation. Mm-hmm from a PR standpoint and yeah. be like dude the less you talk about your movie the more money it makes so <laughs> yeah. like you know, no we don't want you doing yeah. the tonight show like no. you can go do this very specific like film podcast yeah go talk to them yeah yeah a hundred thousand people will listen yep. they'll yep. seek you out mm-hmm. everybody else They'll just see the movie and they'll say, I heard it's good. And yeah. they'll go see it. Yeah. It's like, like Tarantino was like, what is he at Khan? And they were asking him about like the fact that Sharon Tate like doesn't have any lines of dialogue in the film and that he was I don't know, doing something. He's like, I reject your hypothesis. And that's like literally all he said. And everyone just picked up on that. Like, oh, right. Shh. <laughs> you know, there's a whole thing about him having a foot fetish. Oh, yeah. It's so obvious. You could just see it in like the film. <laughs> Like there was a conversation with like Bob that. Richardson about it, and he's just like, "Oh, it's funny." I just like let he just tells me what he wants, and I'm not surprised every time he asks me to like just put the feed in the shot. It's actually oh, really? quite, it's quite funny. Yeah, there's like a whole interview with him about it where he's just laughing when someone asks him whether Tarantino has a foot fetish. Oh. Bob Richardson's just like so it's just out in the open. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I it's it's I, almost like in this last film, he was just like, "I've heard all your like everyone just say." I have a foot fetish, so here you go. Enjoy all the shots. <laughs> it was like someone said that recently. I was like, yeah, that that sounds about right. That's funny. Anyway. Uh, didn't you think the shot though when she puts her? Because I would never have noticed that. Mm-hmm. The one thing that stands out is when she gets in Brad Pitt's car for the first time and puts her feet up on the oh, dashboard. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's such an it's, odd looking. T- it's a cool it's shot. A bizarre, mo- like yeah. Right, but I wouldn't have thought anything of it. No. 
Unless you, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, besides, like, oh, it's kind of an, it's a just a different, weird, interesting shot. That's true. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And there's a character thing going on there, you know? Yeah. And the shot works for yeah. that. But, yeah. like, yeah. there's some freewheeling kind of feel mm-hmm. you get, vibe you get from her, you know? Definitely. Um, Definitely. Like, that's what you get. So, anyway, I just mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten the foot fetish thing. But, but yeah. so you, you loved it. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Because I went with like six and, people. Yes. Sorry. Go no, ahead. Go, you go, go. Oh. Um, and I think two or three of us were like, eh. and then two were like, I hated it. Yeah. One guy literally said, I hated it. I thought it was terrible. Wow. I'm not surprised by that. Like, it's not Me a movie either. for everyone. Yeah. I, um, I was kind of worried going into it because I'm just like such a big Tarantino fan. You know? mm-hmm. And so I went into it and um, I did like the 10 film like lead up the arc like did where they had like all of his films back to back. And initially I was just going to go see the ones I hadn't seen. Oh, they did that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I was only going to go and see. Like, I saw it at the Dome, by the way. Oh, yeah. Awesome. This yeah. is like where you need to see it. The Dome's yeah. amazing. Um, that's where I saw it too. Oh, okay. And um, so I was only going to go see like Pulp Fiction and some of the films that I hadn't seen of his on 35 before, uh, like on the big screen. So okay. it's like, okay, well, the Arclight's doing this. Let me go to like some of the other ones. So I went to that and then it was such a cool thing because I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like watch all of his films. Like I'm not doing anything else this weekend. Let's just go to all of them. So it was like such a cool lead up to like Once Upon a Time. Oh. So I literally spent three days at the Arclight. Oh my God. <laughs> it was bizarre. It was just like, okay, I need some eating, air. Eating popcorn. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. My dad was like popcorn and cocktails. It was fantastic. And like Tarantino would like turn up and like go to his own films we, I, so like, he showed up mm-hmm, there like i had a conversation with him at the bar and he was no. talking to everyone mm-hmm. what yeah he's like the nicest guy actually yeah everybody because everyone's like sees his t- going back to what you you were saying before like you see their tv personality and everyone's like so quick to judge what he that never seems like. not nice yeah but he's just but to a lot of people can come across as a little pom- whereas pompous. people are like oh it's like arrogance but right he just really fucking loves film yeah, you know? like he. So he would like he went to Death Proof. He was in Kill Bill, and he's the guy laughing the loudest in all of the movies. Like it's so entertaining. Like movies. I was at the back of what? Hateful Eight in the dome, <sighs> and he's like at the front, and like all you can hear is just this guy. Like it's a very specific laugh that yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just hear him at the front. It's like just a like, machine gun. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. You, you like you can't. Yeah, yeah. And it's and because it's in the dome, and there was like a lot of space. Like, it echoed oh my the god cinema. it was great so anyway so i did all of that and then i watched once upon a time and i was kind of nervous going into it so you had experiences that mm-hmm. can never be repeated again like mm-hmm. with tarantino you you saw movies by tarantino with tarantino yeah and you got to yeah have his reaction while you were it was a moment like watching kill bill which was literally the reason i want to be directing all right with him sitting in front of me it was like a full and and seeing it in hollywood after i was like spent so long trying to move here as well and like now being here and it was just, isn't it, it funny was cool. when you see the shots of the dome and you're in the mm-hmm. dome mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah i know and everyone's just like Woo! Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Cool. but uh anyway my point was so i saw once upon a time with a couple of people and I was very like worried. Well, not worried, but I'm just like such a, I just really admire his work and how different it is. I was like, I don't, 
I need to like not have an expectation, but I know that I'm going to find a way to like it because I can't not like his work. But mm. um, anyway, so I sat there and yeah, it was one of those weird things where I had to sit with it for five minutes and go, okay, mm-hmm. hang on, what did I just watch? How do- and then once you figure out what the film is not and then you start working out what the film is, then you kind of really, really like it. I think most of the people that I went with, all the ones in film were like, oh, that was amazing. Now that what, I think about what it. What have you amazing. decided that it is? I don't know if there's a specific <laughs> thing. Okay. I just thought it was like, what I mean by what it wasn't was just like a, the classic kind of storytelling I think I was used to from him in previous, like like the epic, because it kind of like comes across as like this epic kind of film. Uh-huh. It's less inglorious bastards, more Pulp Fiction. No, it's actually of, really small. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I mean. Like that's why right. you, it, I think the it's way not a big it's like, movie. It's, like, it's a small personal. Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And so you think it's going to be like this thing. Right. And then when you realize that it's, there's actually not a lot going on in the film. I mean, there's a lot going on in the film, but it's not about the Manson murder specifically. And it's not about Sharon Tate, really. It's, no, it's about like Leo's career mm-hmm. and Brad Basically. Pitt. Like, yeah. 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 Feeding his dog and shit. Pretty much. So, yeah. Right. So I have, I went with some people that didn't like it as well. They uh-huh. were like, fuck that like that was too well, everybody long. said oh it's a Why love not? story to hollywood and all this stuff and i'm like okay i think it's like a love story to hollywood in that particular time where things were really changing and trying to navigate through what that looked like mm-hmm. you know? that's fine i just don't it's it's such a simplistic movie yeah that makes sense i mean I get maybe that. i you know i didn't dislike it yeah maybe i need to see it again yeah. That could be. It, um, every time I've watched it, it has gotten a lot better. Okay. It's actually like gotten faster to watch. And then you start noticing all these other things that are in it. And you're like, oh, that's really fucking cool. Right. That's actually. The dog food names were pretty hilarious. Oh, they were like rat tasting. Rat. Something rat and like, yeah. Rat flavored. Like, wh- yeah. 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 Was, that was the, I could watch the end of Once Upon a Time in like so many times. The fight scene? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Anyway, it, I, it is I a could talk great, about this for hours. It's a pretty great fight scene. Yeah. Um, I thought, I did think it was interesting, mm. the end of the movie, um, where they invite him up and everything, and they're like, the guy's like, oh, is everybody okay? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't think I'm, I don't think it's a movie you can really spoil. Yeah, no, I, could, I mean, if you haven't I'm, seen it by now, then like. And I'm not trying to spoil it, you know, give us two minutes, you can fast yeah. forward a little. <laughs> yeah. If you, yeah. I'm not really going to spoil it. No, but, but, yeah. but at the end where he's like, um, oh, sorry, email. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Don't, they won't hear that, no one will hear that, but we heard a noise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, no, when the guy's at the gate and he's like, um, the friend of Sharon Tate's is there mm-hmm. talking to him through the mm-hmm. gate. And he's like, oh, is everybody okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, everybody's fine. And Brad so, Pitt's in a fucking ambulance, yeah. like, you know, a, yeah, a, about okay. to die. That's, and I'm yeah. like, oh, that's a message. That's what Hollywood is. Yeah. Well, when It's I, these people, yeah. in, in, mm-hmm. in, in many cases, it's these people who act... They tell you how much they care about you and how important mm. you are to them mm. until until mm-hmm. something just That's slightly a really good point. better presents itself. Yeah. And then all they give a shit about you just falls out the window if they can move up one notch on the ladder. That's so true. That's like actually, yeah, I hadn't picked I mean, up on he that. he drops him like the baddest habit ever. Yeah. You know? And yeah. earlier in the film, he's fighting for him in certain ways. And then he gets married and then he's all like... Well, because he has the power and it's not a step up for him. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He's talking down to people to get them mm-hmm. to do what he wants. It's mm-hmm. it's more of a power play yeah. than it is helping a friend. That's true. Right? But he yeah. gets points. No, I you know what I think is like also like just this ridiculous kind of like metaphor, I guess, is that fact that like you know, he kept saying is like one pool party away from just getting to that house, you know. Right. It's like quite literally, you know, you've got Sharon Tate's house like above him. Like she's looking down on him and he's trying to work out how to get through the gate. That's you know, interesting. Like, I how do we get through to the gatekeepers? Polanski's there. I totally didn't think of it but that it is mm-hmm. interesting symbolism, yeah. And then he like when he sees him drive past, he's like, Holy Or metaphor fuck. or whatever the fuck it right. is. Right. Yeah. But then it's just funny that like you know, like he literally has to kill the hippies. <laughs> like he has to kill someone to basically get an invite to the party. Right. Next door. You know what I mean? It's just like how it's this like, the, I saw it almost as like, what is the ridiculous, like what are the most ridiculous things that people do in this town right. to get to where they need to go? And the fact that like, you know, the guy literally. comes over and is like, hey, are you okay? It's because there was a murder in their house. Right. And right. Leo fucking torched the shit out of someone. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, oh, the and gates are open the, for me. And meanwhile, like, the, one, ridiculous the one that? opening the gates is like the weird, mm-hmm. like something's going on friend. Oh, yeah. The whole, yeah. Who's probably banging Sharon Tate. Hundred. Right? Yeah. And he's the one who opens mm-hmm. the do- right. So, I mean, there are there are interesting there are interesting anyway, parts of it, but yeah. it's a very meandering movie. I it, probably yeah. should watch it again. Um, mm-hmm. I probably would like it more. You mm-hmm. know, the more we're mm-hmm. talking about it and thinking about You're it, like, the more oh. I actually do like it. Right. Um, and it kind of has that effect, but right. Mm, I mean, anyway. I don't know what Brad Pitt represents. I mean, I guess he just represents the peon, essentially, right? I guess so. He's like such a good guy, but well, he like he, gave up his like, co- well, he gave up know, his whole career to help Leo out, yeah. out of loyalty. That's true. Their friendship is kind of amazing. Well, well, it's a very one. It's one-sided. a one-sided friendship, mm-hmm. right? He does everything that Leo wants whenever he wants, and he says it. He's like, "I'm basically your gopher," but at the same time, I'm he's balancing being a friend to Leo but at the same time he's being paid by him like it's a whole it's right. just such an interesting it's a very interesting character that I feel like you see a lot of in this town probably yes what mm-hmm. I find interesting is that there's no Brad Pitt's character knows all this mm-hmm. he's not in the dark yeah no and he's, he's been around right and he gives the permission Mm-hmm. I've done this to people before. Right. I've, you know, I've, I've made some friends who are kind of uh, actors or, uh, you know, or a little mm-hmm. bit famous or whatever. Right. Uh, Howie's a weird one because we've known each other since long before. Yeah. When, yeah, I, when yeah. I was, when he was like fourteen or I was fourteen. Like, so you've like, seen him go through that whole like, yeah. Cool. Y- yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's a different. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. not talking about him. No, no. I yeah, I feel you. Um, but um, and I would never bring him up. But since I. <laughs> Um, uh, he's a friend of mine, but mm-hmm. anyway, so, um, uh, my point was I've had people and I'm sure this is true about a lot of people that have lived in Hollywood for a while. Mm. They become friends with somebody mm. and like, for example, I became friends with this one actor mm. on a kind of a B movie I did right when I get to town. Okay. And he had been a bigger actor before. Got it. Kind of, you know, a bit of a fall from grace. Mm. And I was doing this movie with him. He and I got along really well. Mm-hmm. He was a cool guy. Mm. He's like, oh, I'm about to start the show and this and that, which didn't happen, but that was all right. Then we went out, hung out and had drinks a couple of times mm. and I hung out with him and stuff. But his career, this show he did, mm. got really big. Mm-hmm. 
and I kind of stopped hearing from him. Yeah. You know, there was another one who's, I used to go to his house for like game night parties and stuff. And we, we hit it off. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, the last time I called him, he answered and was like, who is this? What? No kidding. No. We hadn't spoken in a long time. And we weren't wow. like good buddies. No, but, but it's But we just hung so out with a group that hung out yeah. together. And, you know, he had been like, dude, call me if you're going to. You know what I mean? I would never do that. Like, well, I try not to do that. I, I mean, don't want. Look, these, these anyway, things it, test people's integrity. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not mad at no, people no, necessarily. I know. I know what I, you're saying. You know, I may yeah. have been a little hurt at the time. Like, fuck. My, I thought we were friends, you know? Yeah. But like. Um, it's. It's funny how you sort of see people's true colors when that kind of happens, which is a real shame. It's a test of integrity, it you is, know, yeah. and then you see other people who are dead opposite, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, for example, George Clooney. Yeah. You know, who's had a lot of the same friends for a long time and mm. literally just gave them money and said, look, here's money. We all go to, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I have yeah, so much money yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Take some. Yeah. Enjoy. Let's have fun. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. You know, I mean, yeah. it, that's probably a bad example, but. No, no. I I don't know. It's like entourage. I was like watching that show, but. Right. Um, right. No, I understand. Like, it's funny because like, even since I moved here, my friendship groups have changed so much as people have kind of become more successful or less or whatnot. Right. And it's such an interesting, interesting thing to watch happen, you uh-huh. know, um, I always try to just look at that and go, well, I, I mean, I've never been a person that's had like the same group of friends growing up. I have a lot of different friends in different places and a lot of my friends sort of don't end up meeting each other for some reason, mm-hmm. unless it's like my birthday, you know, we all have drinks, but I've never had like a solid group because I mm-hmm. sort of have gone off and done so many different yeah, things sure. with different people and different projects and, and, and whatnot. But um, I don't know. It's just like funny, like looking at those kind of things going like, wow, like if I ever get to a point when I get to a point where I am doing what I want to do and I am more successful than I currently am, like I never, ever, there is no reason not to be nice to basically everyone unless they do something to really piss you off. But I don't know. I think it's something to you, learn. and, and Look, you have to, uh, I, to play yeah. devil's advocate. No, go, yeah. You also have to understand mm-hmm. from their point of view. Yeah. You know, um, Howie and I both moved to LA at the same time a month apart okay. kind of accidentally but yeah. um and we both moved basically into this neighborhood oh, cool. he lived on on this street mm. when he first lived here and i lived over by barney's beanery basically mm-hmm. but anyway such a place <laughs> yeah yeah they used to be yeah, my like, bar literally only went there for the first time a week ago oh my and god i've been there like four times since i first went i'm like this is great it's like a dirty if you dive like that bar, bar i've got other bars oh to my god hit me with them i'm okay. like there's something so like my Aussie roots are kind of drawn to we'll that. We'll talk later. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. keep going. <laughs> um, no, Howie and I used to go yeah. there all, yeah. all the time. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, uh, so they were kind of, I don't know if the right word is on a break. One of the guys was doing mm-hmm. a solo album. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of out of the public eye a little more. Got it. He would get recognized everywhere. Yeah. But he wasn't like Mr. Flying High thing. Mm-hmm. Um. But he's gone through all these stages throughout mm-hmm. the time, and he's always been pretty pretty even. Yeah. But I've seen, like, we would go to Vegas. Mm. And, um, by the way, I would get the free rooms in Vegas, and he would crash with me. How <laughs> fucked up is that? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, right. Um, but, but I was basically <laughs> his security guy. 
Right. Because inevitably, like I remember one time we were leaving the Hard Rock. We played some blackjack. One of the dealers had recognized him. Okay. And said very quietly to him, like, hey, I recognize you. And Mm -hmm. my kid would be Mm -hmm. over the moon if you would, like, sign something. But I really can't ask you for anything. Okay. And I'm like, I'll go get something. Like, I went and grabbed a pen and a piece of paper and stuff. And I forget what we did. But, like, so that's the cool way to do it. Yes. And Howie's happy to do that. Cool. But then this girl comes running up. And she didn't mean any harm. But we're Mm -hmm. trying to leave. Mm -hmm. And she comes running up. And she goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can I take a photo? Can I get a photo? No, I can't. Oh, no. And and I'm like, here, give me your camera. I'm trying to get this over with. Yeah. But the 50 other or 100 other oh, people who have already shit. recognized him yeah. now or have like, permission. Now I can. Yeah. Okay. So I become photographer slash security. Shit. So I snap photos for him. Oh, God. And then, and then he gives me the... The, uh, the eye. Yeah. He's like, oh, no problem. I'll take photos with all of you. Well, and then he looks super nice. And then yeah. he looks at me. Yeah. Because we have to, we're going to dinner. Mm. So what's my job? I'm like, Basically. sorry, guys, we got to go. And they're Bye. like, fuck you. You can't take him. He said he'd take oh, photos with all of so us. And I'm like, I don't work for him. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. and I can't really say that. And I don't want to be a dick. I'm no. like, sorry, we got to go. Well, that's there's the, a crowd yes. of people around us, and I have to like push our way through a bunch. I of think girls. in that situ- situation, it's 100 understandable. Like, you can't be nice, to right? But, uh, but but I'm just explaining. But yes. what I'm saying is like, there's there is that thing that happens to these people. Yeah. So I think some of them have a problem compartmentalizing what mm-hmm. is what. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, you know. I don't ask Howie to buy me drinks no. or okay. whatever, Yeah. but when he comes to town, he's like, hey, you want to come to the show? And mm. he essentially mm-hmm. pays for me to go to the show. They were just in mm-hmm. LA. And look, he also knows, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, a young lady who's into the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, it, it, <laughs> anyway. Yes. But like we had, we had, he got a whole VIP room. Actually, I think all the guys did because they all lived out here at one point. Right. Or maybe not all, but at least three. Mm-hmm. Um, they all had a room at Staples mm-hmm. just off the stage, just a little bit outside where we came early. Mm. Food, open bar. Mm. Who pays for that? Mm. Yeah. He yeah. has 30 people in there that Jeez. are... He yeah. comps yeah. all their tickets, Aww. buys all the drinks... Mm-hmm. pays for all the f- you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and everywhere you go mm-hmm. now a lot of these people are real friends or they're industry people or whatever actually kathy griffin was there oh really That's <laughs> i didn't talk to her though i wanted to say hello to her but yeah. she she was pretty stacked up with people got it but um but anyway you get my point like I, some yeah, of those people are saying. straight up sycophants totally yeah you know yeah um and he doesn't know it yet, or mm. whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not my job to tell him either. But no, he's gonna figure it out. <clears> and he's but. been famous for long enough, like. Yeah, but it's, a, it's, an, it's an interesting. But industry. that's my defense for the people who mm. kind of shit on other people. Mm. Some of it is integrity. Some of it is probably a that's mistake. Bad. Some of it is probably um, um, pressure, and they. They get, they I mean, get the wrong I get things it's like put a in their head. They get too big an ego. Mm-hmm. It's right. like every, every, like literally every successful person you think of, like all the movies, all the, whatever, whether it's a Queen movie or whatnot. It's just like there's always that point where someone's just like being an asshole because they don't know which way is up anymore because they just get so overwhelmed by people in their ear, this, that, blah, blah, blah. And if you've been so famous for so long or you've gotten to that point, it's, 
you kind of hard to see reality and act normally too because it fucks with you. Right. So I see your point, and it I mean, that's different. But I'm just saying. No, you're you're it's just. It's Excuse really, me, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's a really, it's it's. It fucks it's, with it's, you. It's, it's a That's beast. a great way yeah, to put it. It really does. Yeah. And, um, and they have to judge everyone totally different than us. So mm. if I'm if I go to the bar, right? For example, you and I met at the bar through a through kind of a mutual friend of ours. Totally. Yeah. Um, and and we just started bullshitting, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And and actually over him, which I've <laughs> just so funny. he was just sitting there like, like not I'm interested like, in talking I'm about so film. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we just like got on a roll. It was like, oh, you talk film, great. We speak the same language. Right. Let's go. Right, <laughs> right, just right, like, right, right. Fuck, how long we were just talking for like so long? The poor guy. He was just right. like, and I'm out. Bye, guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like chugged his beer and was like, really great seeing you guys. Bye. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, that was fun. No, but but if I had been. Um, you know, Brad Pitt, mm. um, or somebody, whatever, mm. or 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 Nick Carter, yes, that started talking to you, or mm-hmm. or you had been mm-hmm. whoever, right? Yeah, the famous person mm. instantly has to be like, okay, what are their ulterior? What do they want yeah, from me? That's true. It's the first thing they, if they're smart, yeah. they yeah. have to think like. What does this person want from me? It's not like a normal conversation anymore. It's right. When somebody like, engages you, it's like, why are they engaging me? Because yeah. you have to, you kind of assume they know who you are. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's funny, sitting with Howie at mm. the bar. Mm. You just sort of observe all of this <laughs> on. It's such great, such weird a, like, people watching for me. It's so cool just to be on a fly, like a fl- literally a fly on the wall for that. You're just like, yeah, people watching would be... I so, am the fly on the wall. That's what I'm saying. Because nobody even knows I'm there. As a, so interesting because because if they recognize him they're yeah. just staring at they're him it's out. super weird though it's funny how people like change like how they you know like just everything when they right. see someone they recognize like be cool be cool right so yeah because yeah. there's like a there's a mystery about it mm-hmm. there's a myth there's like a legend yeah. they've been watching somebody on tv or exactly. whatever for 20 years and now you're like faced with that person right and now they're like at the same bar you go to mm-hmm they're Seems like just fucking normal. weird. Just like us. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's not the way they think about it. No, unfortunately. They think like, mm-hmm. holy show, so and so's here. Yeah, yeah you it's know? hectic. Right. And it's funny. LA, it's so much less. Yeah. Because there's famous people everywhere. It's funny because like in Australia, like when we have someone famous come to Australia, uh-huh. like the media, like I cannot handle they hound the media them, right? in Australia. Oh, it's insane. Right. Like One Direction came, right? Like, I don't know how many fucking years ago. It was like four or five years ago or some shit. And it was just like the whole of Sydney, like basically shut down. Like there were ambulances and police. Like it was like a whole hoo-ha. For One Direction? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they did like the morning show or something or other. Okay. I remember it so like, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember just the media were just like, One Direction are here. Right. And because it's like, it doesn't happen often for artists or just celebrities to come to Australia. Mm-hmm. Everyone just like freaks the fuck out. Right. You know, you, you can't let that person walk down the street and they'll get mobbed. You yeah. know, like... It's insane. Anyway, um, and it's just funny just watching that because the media really does like they're kind of you know the culprits. I think like a the TMZ bit. Australia, right? Basically, but that's just like news, like just our normal like six o'clock right. news and whatever, and everyone's just freaking out. So it's funny because um, anytime you do see a celebrity in Australia, they get harassed a lot. Or if they don't, like it's just it's just a big deal. Right. You know, when concerts happen in Australia, like say the Backstreet Boys come to Australia. 
happens what like every three four five years so everyone's like this is my chance you know oh my god i'm in the same place as them whereas i've always kind of just tried to be like these are noble people i mean like they're cool they're doing their thing i appreciate them and their time and space and I don't engage. They each have their own security guard that goes everywhere with them. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me Um, because it's crazy. And now, you know, they have, they all have wives and kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're, they have their own private lives Mm. and they're human beings. And, Mm. you know, when you hear somebody say like, like, look, I, I, it's so nice of you to say something nice to me, but like, I'm trying to eat with my family and I'm like in the middle of a bite and you're like, Hey, can can I tell you what a big fan I am? Yeah. It's like, it's not you're more of a dick than you are a nice guy totally like if i'm leaving totally. for getting up to go and you're like hey I just want to let you no, know i just think you're great just, it's not worth it i still don't necessarily yeah. think it's always the right thing to no, do there are situations where it's okay if you're yeah. at the bar yeah whatever May, yeah. certain place you know but, but look don't go into read the room thing. dude yes read the 100%. room um and, and so like they always say like you know don't please don't you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's a fine line for these people mm-hmm. to be like, you're being an asshole. Mm-hmm. You're interrupting my dinner. Mm-hmm. If I was nobody, like, would you want my kid to run over to your table and start talking to you? Right. No. Right. Because you're trying to eat dinner. It's, yeah. And you don't know who my fucking kid is. Mm-hmm. And now if I came over, you wouldn't mind. Yeah. But, but anyway. No, it's an interesting thing. Like, I really enjoy being in LA because I feel like there is, for the most part, a lot of people here are working in the industry anyway. So it's uh-huh. like when you do see someone, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, cool. There's that person. Right. But it's interesting you mentioned that was like at that event where Tarantino was and he was just watching his own films. You know, I remember I was next to him at one point and I was at the bar and we were having a drink and uh, I was chatting to him. Were you at normal. the inside bar or mm-hmm. at, the, at the dome? Is there a no, bar at the dome? Uh, well, I encountered him at both, but I had a drink with him the first time at um, the inside bar. Oh, okay. And just like where the high tables are opposite the bar inside. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, he's just chilling. Happy to talk to anyone. Literally, like I was like, you're the reason I want to be a filmmaker. He's so like, he, tell me about so that. He, so he was there alone. Yeah, I was there with like uh, some, like one of his assistants. I don't know. But, okay. But the other times he was alone. And there was a specific Like pretty point. clearly open to conversation with Very, people. Very like right. wanted. Like not like this. No, like, 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 right. like, like the guy sat on my table while I was just there by myself. And he was like. He came and sat with you? <laughs> he sat on my table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else was on my table. So wait, we, like, wait, wait, wait. So you were sitting there? Yes. Alone. I was sitting there alone. Him and like his assistant. I don't and know he who walked she was. Up. He walked, sat with her, and then they had a conversation. And then because I was on the table, the three of us ended up having a conversation. He was so open. She was like, I'm so sorry we took over your table. I'm like, it's fine. I mean, I wanted to say hi anyway, but now well, I so can't be weird about it. So he didn't act. He didn't say like, do you mind if we sit here? No, he just sat there. He just sat there. <laughs> so we had a conversation and um, uh, he's so open to it. And people are kind of coming up to him and talking to him. And he's like, like super cool about and it and they all think you're to, with him i don't know i guess yeah of <laughs> course mean, they do well i don't know everyone was kind of talking to him it was really oh, they cool. don't want to talk to you but they assume <laughs> that, that you're with but the funny thing was my point being was like there was this guy i remember like in the corner just like with his his camera uh, and he was like taking video and quentin's like is that are you taking a video of me he literally like stopped talking to me and a couple of the people around uh-huh. and like pointed this guy i was like ballsy man right. but like quentin can do this like he's fucking he's and he said that with the- and he goes this guy's like are you are you filming me and this guy's like kind of freaked out didn't know what to say to him and quentin's like please don't take photos of me like i'm having a cocktail come up and say hi like i'm so happy to talk to you right. but like you're filming me it's kind of weird 
And I was like, wow, okay. And other people did that. And, and did the I, guy come over? No, he just got awkward and kind he of just walked, walked away. away. He was embarrassed, which is, you know, I he would be too. Be, but right. like, it was just such a cool moment i'm like just go up and like if the, if that person's in a space where they're making it available especially you when you them, can see that other people are walking over and saying hello and he's engaging like, them. if i see right. someone that i really admire and they're i'm not going to go up to them and interrupt whatever they're doing but if the opportunity arises where i do get to talk to them i'll just want to shake their hand and be like i appreciate you as an artist thank you, you. know who i regret you know? not doing that with sydney pollock oh wow i was walking out of uh mm-hmm. uh a place I can't remember the name of it um, on Sunset yes and uh, it was a clothing store which I'm very rarely walking out of but anyway (laughs) (laughs) this is what I wear all the t-shirts so good Um, but yeah so I'm so I'm walking out of this place yeah and he's walking in Mm -hmm. and it's Sidney Pollack Mm -hmm. who's directed all these great movies he's been in all these great movies and I, I he I think I held the door for him and he walked by and I was like, oh, wow. holy shit, that's anybody. And he was like, thanks. And he walked in yeah. and there was no one else in that store besides like one salesperson. So you I could have just turned around and yeah. said, hey, excuse me, mm. you know? Yeah. But it was that moment. It was pretty early in my time in LA and okay. I was like, no, I won't bother him. He's going to shop. Well, I, I'll I've let him do his before. thing. Which I that's think, okay. no, as a default is the right thing. Yeah. But he died like six months later. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe a year later. I understand. And I was like, fuck, I should have, I should have said hello to him. Mm. You know, he's out alone, mm. you know, mm. and I'm not going to, no, I might I talk his ear off for two minutes, but you know. Yeah. But you know, one, you didn't know that was going to happen. Two, no, no, the no. Moment, but, but I know. But the, that's the, when I thought back to it and was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll never run into Sidney Pollack again. Yeah. Like I think some of me yeah. early in my career, you're early in my time in LA, mm-hmm. would see famous people and think one day I'll mm-hmm. probably work with them and I'll and I'll meet them. That's how I kind of You know, like and that'll be a great way town. to meet them, not at not out on the street That's or Exactly what I right? do. I'm just like I would I would But then rather... when they pass away you're like, "Oh, I won't meet him." Yeah. I felt like that with Linkin Park when they pop, like when the lead singer died. God, I was somebody like, else was saying this to me the I other day. I'm Lincoln not a Park. fan. Really? Good for you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you enjoy them. And yeah. I and I worked with those guys on yeah. multiple occasions. I, I went to yeah. what was his name Chester? Chester. I went to his house in the hills. Get out. Uh, we shot there. Okay. We shot a music video for them. Awesome. Um, and they were very nice. I'll mm-hmm. give them that. Mm-hmm. But I did. I never liked the music. That's but fine. I think my friend was saying I'm in the wrong generation to have liked it. Yeah. I mean. And he's like your age. So yeah. I'm that, like, that, okay. That's probably, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. How long have you been in LA now? A long time. Long time. 17 okay. years. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, how long have you been in LA? A year next week. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you know Time what? Flies. Let's talk a little bit more yes. about what you do yeah. <laughs> in a second. But let's take yeah. a quick break because okay. we, I, you know, I see you need a drink, and I've needed one for like. Sure. Okay, we're back. Cool. That was like the longest break ever. I know. I just sort of like kept talking, blabbing away. So much to discuss. It's funny. I didn't know you knew like all the Hollywood secrets, but of Australians. You gave me every single in and out on all the Australian actors and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. I wrote it all down. Okay. I've got it. So, mm-hmm. I, like, anytime I need to expose that mass murderer yeah. that yeah, you were telling exactly. me about. exactly. Now done. you know who it is. It's not time yet. No, but there will come a time. They're still making good, pro- they're doing good broad projects right now. Yeah. Yeah. But one day. 
one day you're just going to be ready for that moment. Yeah. So oh. it was worth the long, the good. long break. Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaky. And I was like, oh, I have to, we have to actually talk about what you do. I do. You yeah. direct. I do. And we talked about music yes. videos. Um, you you mm-hmm. were you've directed a friend's music video. Yeah. Uh, is that the only music videos you've no, done? No, so done? I, um, I mean, like, kind of. So I've kind of done. Um, well, let me go. Let me circle back a little bit. Please. I went to film school, did film, tried to work out what I wanted to do, and then I thought I was going to do cinematography for for quite a while. I know. I looked at your IMDb. You shot some things. Yeah, I went to. Um, I did this Budapest masterclass for cinematography that I did for like a couple of weeks. And we had like Vilmos Sigmund as our mentor. It was like the coolest fucking thing. Right. It was like all these DPs. Everybody loved Vilmos. Vilmos was amazing. Yeah. He was such a guy. Um, but anyway, so I thought I was going to do cinematography for a hot sec. I just love camera. I love all the visual stuff. And that experience was like one of the craziest, coolest things I've ever, like ever kind of so many of my good friends came from that um very intense two weeks but there was something about directing that i was just like i like overseeing a whole project right so i uh directed you can oversee camera too yeah i know you just don't have to get into all the technical details yeah yeah i feel like i lagged a little bit on the technical side and i was just more like i want it to look like this but more in like a directing sense because right. I so really... you're better off hiring somebody that can make it look like exactly. that right yeah. so yeah. i was like that really solidified the fact that i wanted to be a director but anyway I fell into tourism in a weird way. Um, actually, the first project that I did outside of film school was a music video. Mm. I shot a music video for a band called Simple Plan, who were like this. Oh, a Simple Plan. Simple Plan, yeah. Oh, they were I like know a them. big yeah, Canadian sure. kind of band at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up. What year um, was this? This was two thousand and twelve. Okay. Two thousand and twelve. I shot. Uh, I worked with a director. Mark Storbach, who was like huge in like the music video industry. Mm. And I, that was my first kind of taste at music video. I was like, this is cool. Like I want to direct, but I ended up shooting. I was doing like second camera operating for Mm -hmm. a song they did called Summer Paradise. So I shot that in Australia and that was like super cool. So I thought music videos were, I wanted to go. And then I kind of fell into What, and then you realized you can't make a living doing yeah. music videos? <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't that? I, yeah, yeah. It I was mean, just like, how do I do this? And where does this come from? And just, it was, I love music so incredibly. Like, right. just music has always been such a big part of my life. Specifically, like, punk rock kind of music. But I just didn't know the right way to enter it. If I that didn't know sense. that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we have a lot in common. Oh, really? There you go. I'm going to see the Pixies and the Cure oh, cool. on Saturday. Oh, the Cure, amazing. Yeah. Dude, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and Mogwai and um, Throwing Muses. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Oh, no, it's cool. I love like a lot of the alternate stuff, like Yumi at Six, like such a really cool British band and like Linkin Park were like a huge one for me. There was more on the alternate side, but... Yeah. Anyway. They are not a punk rock band. No, they were more alternative. <laughs> but Okay, sorry. Anyway, so you love music. I love music. Yeah. Thought I was gonna go on music video. A friend of mine was a musician, so I ended up meeting him whilst I was working at Tourism Australia and we would sort of dabble into shooting music videos for him when I weirdly ended up with a job at Tourism Australia, which was super cool. So that's how I ended up in documentary. Um and then I kind of just really enjoyed documentary for a while and traveling because mm. I got to, so I was content producing and I was 
traveling around the whole entire country, basically shooting so you, you mini were promotional stuff for. Mm-hmm. It was like when it was like the rise of Instagram. Uh. So I had applied for a job called Best Job in the World, and uh, like six hundred thousand people applied or some crazy thing, and it was just like this. It was at the point where um, social media was on the rise and big brands were looking to... Capitalize on that? Yeah, like influencers were starting to become a thing. Mm-hmm. I had been taken to Canada. Tourism Canada was doing something, so I ended up doing like a little thing for them. Like right when they were just testing, like can we bring people here and like get them to photograph this country? Like what would uh-huh. that look like? So I was kind of like one of the first people that got to do that, which was super cool. And then that then led to... Wait, 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 wait. To, but you were an influencer? No, not at all. That's the funny thing. It was just like, I was just They want to just test I it was with you? Just, yeah, I was just on Twitter and I was talking about how I wanted to go to Canada or something. And Tourism Canada... Seriously? Yeah, yeah, seriously. Tourism so they Canada flew like, you to Canada? Mm-hmm. I was in the States anyway and they were like, oh, oh you're close. Like, we want to bring you over. And I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> and I was literally like, are you real? And I would find the Australian like segment of tourism canada and be like is this person who's emailing me right now is that a real legit person or is this bullshit they're like no no that's a real legit person let's jump on skype and so i got taken to montreal for like a weekend to photograph montreal and eat and do all these crazy experiences and they made a video of me put it up online it was pretty crazy i don't know what's happening right now sorry we're getting some (laughs) strange strange noises Oh, someone's calling me on Facebook Messenger. That's what oh. it was. Um, and it came That's through the computer. Dude. <laughs> You're like... <laughs> I'm working <laughs> right now. <laughs> You're all good. Uh, no, so... Um, well, that's... Yes. That's so pretty crazy. I was like one of the first people that kind of did that, which was cool. And I didn't know what that meant or that influencing was a thing. Like, I had did no Did you get idea. like tons of followers after that? No, because I didn't really like post about it. Like I didn't know that that was a thing. I was like free trip and I get to photograph this place and they're filming me for something that they want. You know, I was like 21, 22. Right. I had no idea what the fuck was going on. It was just cool. Right. So, but because of that, it led on to, uh, well, it wasn't because of that, but I had that experience. Um, I came back to Australia. I ended up on a documentary with these three guys that were... Four guys, sorry. Cycling from London to Melbourne. So I sort of ended up shooting them as they made their way from the top of Australia all the way down to Melbourne cycling. And it was like three months just backpacking around the east mm. coast of Australia. London like, to Melbourne. That's a mm-hmm. that's a long boat trip. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it took them like 18 months. It was called Ride to Rescue. They were like these four dudes. I think they just like ran out of money in the UK, wanted to come back home and then decided to cycle for a cause. And it was like against child were trafficking. They Aussies? They were Aussies, oh. yeah. And so they were trying to raise money for like anti-trial trafficking essentially so i met up with them for like three months and just just started filming all their australian their australian leg wow. so that's yeah so because of that and then you became because of like, like their social media manager i mean i, I get it's social wasn't like a thing then it was just like let's just film this? this again like 20 2012 like it was a thing, but it wasn't like something that I really was actively had in the back of my mind. Do you, like, do you okay. know what I mean? It was just like, let's sure. just film this as a cool opportunity. 
So right. I was DPing and directing. And then, anyway, one thing led to another. I ended up with a job at Tourism Australia. And that was content producing and filming all these influences and different mm. parts of Australia, all their jobs. I had applied for one of the jobs, made a mini doco about myself. And they're like, you're cool. Like, why don't you film everyone else doing that? And I was like, oh, that's fun. Okay. So... Yeah, so I sort of fell into directing and shooting documentaries for like quite a while and it was a lot of fun and I was like working with different brands and freelancing and music videos sort of like went to the side a little bit because mm. I was just so focused on that and then um, worked my way to getting here essentially and now the first feature I'm going to do is kind of like a it's a documentary, which I never thought I would do because I just wanted to direct. Yeah, you were telling narrative. me that at the bar, it, it's about F1. It's mm -hmm. about women in F1, right? Yeah, yeah. It's called On the Grid and it's we're in pre-production at the moment. So it's like female drivers that want to drive Formula One because it's like one of the only unisex sports in the world. Like there's not many. So, right. Yeah. So it's fun. But it's not unisex yet. I, I mean, mean, it is. Yeah. Fan wise. No. It, it like there have been women that have driven in Formula One before. Oh, that's right. And there's like I forgot four or five of them. But at the moment, it's not. At the moment, there <laughs> <Right>. isn't. <laughs> no, they're like in development stage. Like they're neat. They're like right. There were so women on close. teams working their way up, kind of yeah. thing. Right. It's just a matter of making that a reality. Right. Yeah. Because it's been like forty something years since a woman last drove in Formula One. Really. Mm -hmm. It's a really long time ago. So, and I mean, huh. I guess the U.S. equivalent is like Danica Patrick was doing yeah. NASCAR and IndyCar. IndyCar, that's right, IndyCar. So, it's taking that and putting yeah. it in the very European, very kind of elite world. She kind of she one. quit. Mm -hmm. I think I don't know. I don't know that much about her. Mm. Um, I do know that like she was. I, sometimes people accuse me of being a cynic sometimes, so pardon right. me. But she was a very good driver, obviously. Yes. Don't, you know. Uh, she was great. My, so what I'm questioning here is whether she was a very good driver or whether she was 1% better and like, because she mm. never finished in the top, I haven't watched NASCAR in a long no, time. No. But she was never up front in NASCAR. Right. Right? Right. And she yeah. had a lot of money. Yeah. A big team. Yeah. Um, But... She's very beautiful mm -hmm. and was willing to do a lot of advertising she had, in yeah, bathing well, suits and in bikinis and mm. right, mm -hmm. which is totally fine. Yeah. I, I have yeah. no problem with her making her money. That's yeah. good. Yeah. But was was her career? She's out out now. Right? Yeah, she's out. out was her yeah. career based on her marketing opportunities or was it based on talent? Well, see, I, because yeah. I'm down with women everywhere. Mm -hmm. We've yeah. we've yeah. talked about this off mic. I'm totally. I'm. I yeah. would love. Uh, I want the world to equalize in this mm -hmm. in this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, because there, I've seen some other situations that mm. I can tell you about later where mm. women without enough, with the wrong qualification. Ugh, the wrong qualifications <laughs> yeah. or or not enough experience have been put into roles and really ruined and hurt themselves and yeah. others that's the, that. that's the tricky thing i think like again i never really watched indycar it's weird like you would think that i just love all of that stuff i've done research on it just by inherent nature of the process of making my film to see mm -hmm. what exists and what's sure. out there and where that you know what happened with that essentially so i watched a documentary on her and 
She's a very interesting person. Very like, for the lack of a better word, driven. <laughs> right. Yeah, very yeah. like gun ho determined. And, and savvy. I think, yeah, and yeah. I think a lot of that determination sort of gave her this um, kind of credibility as like a uh, like a personality. So there was a lot of attention on her, but also there was a lot of attention on her because she was like a female driver. Well, everybody so, knows NASCAR loved her because she brought a lot of attention. Right. This, there's no denying that. Right. Right. I never watched like. I, again, I don't want. I don't know anything about NASCAR yeah, or yeah. IndyCar. So if I was to comment on it, it would. I don't be know if unfair. she ever won one race. I think she got close. Right. I think, but, but don't quote me on. Like I don't. Maybe she don't won. Know. But my point being, maybe she won one or two. Let's say she. Let's yeah. just assume she won one or two races in yeah. her career. Yeah. The amount of money she made mm. and was paid to be on that team and then marketing and mm. all that stuff mm-hmm. was, she was, yeah. if you take an equivalent driver who maybe won one race in their career in, let's call it 10 years or mm-hmm. 15 years or whatever, mm. she made 20 times what they made. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. Okay. So for me, that says it was more about marketing. I think her story is I mean, definitely she was okay. like evidently she, 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 a marketing. She represented women very well. She did. Yeah. So she didn't do any harm. No. But what you don't want is somebody to come in like some, you know, that's only marketing mm. and finishes last every race, but they pay three million a year to or whatever the numbers no, are. I understand. Like overpay and then they embarrass the female. Well, I think that's why gender F one is so it's such an interesting topic for me to kind of dissect through making this film that I'm going to try and do essentially is because it's a very political sport. Right. There's a lot of money involved in F1. Yeah. But on top of that... More than any other mm -hmm. racing league. But there have been women in the past who have gotten really close to making it that were super talented or whatnot, but it became more of like a, a media circus and and, right. and and I think a lot of people kind of seize up when it comes to putting a girl on the grid for lack of a better uh-huh. word because and it's, it's so just, much it's not just like are they talented it's just like okay if that person is the first person to drive for this team then what and like especially in F1 because like it's a very risky sport like people have died you know the same is they true about NASCAR the that's just but like the same is true about NASCAR but yeah. think about how dangerous NASCAR is times a mm-hmm. hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I think with Formula One, there's a lot of work that goes into making sure that these women are ready. Mm-hmm. To it's compete. so much more technical and dangerous. Yes, and so much faster. Yeah, and yeah. the speed changes are exactly. crazy. And yeah, you know, you're in an open open wheel car, open cockpit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've added the halo. Mm-hmm. Which is has, hasn't really saved anybody yet, well, but it will has, eventually. It has, but it's also caused problems in other ways too. What problems did it cause? Well, it's more like um, okay. So if a car flips, right, like the halo will save them. But there was an instance, rec- an, uh, something that happened recently. I can't remember exactly what, but I remember I was watching a race where the driver couldn't get out of the car. It took them a lot longer to get out of the car. So if there's a fire behind them, you have to like take. It's like a whole thing to take it out and then get up and over the halo to get out essentially mm. so it's slower to situationally exit the car. they were they had trouble right so there's pros okay. and cons i think there are more pros than there are cons but it, it depends on the situation it's been a very hot topic oh yeah my friend is a giant f1 fan and he was right. like it's gonna fucking suck because you can't see and blah blah yeah, blah and it looks that different. was the whole thing and it 
and it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I, I was literally, I was at the Australian Grand Prix for the first race, and I was in the paddock with the teams. Oh, you were telling me about this. And so this cool. was like... This year? Uh, last year. 18. It was, yeah, 18. Okay. So that was when I first kind of was in the, making this film, you know, talking to people about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to work out what I could do, etc. So I was there on a research mission. Right. And so they let me in and got to talk to people. But my point was that that was the first race that the halo was like. Oh, it was? Oh, so that was all So it was really the interesting hearing from like the team's back end and just from the people around, all the journalists, everyone was like, oh my God, like the drivers can't see properly. And it's like right in the middle of them and this looks ugly and all the camera angles are shit. <laughs> Dude, they but already have after- like 17 antennas <laughs> in the dead middle of yeah, their yeah, site. So yeah. one more little thing is like nothing to them. Exactly, exactly. But then after like five races, like no one was talking about Nobody it Nobody says a word about like, it. Like yeah. game over it. It so. probably, I don't even know what it did aerodynamically. Um, but I'm waiting for that moment yeah. somebody tries to turn it into mm. something for more downforce. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, like That'd be cool. shave it at they, an angle instead of it just being like a just round released, thing, like making it like angular. That'd or, be cool. Well, they just released the new designs for like not next year, but the year after 21. Oh, they did? It looks s- s- unreal. Like the mm. way it's shaped is like more curved. It's very cool. It's very cool. But anyway, so F1's its own beast. Um, yeah. And so within that, there are a lot of arguments as to why women aren't there yet. And what's the biggest one? Well, there are many. <laughs> there really isn't one particular big one. I think the one that I'm sort of seeing is it, that it, it, there isn't one that is women aren't good enough yet. No, there's that. Or there aren't the, enough good women mm-hmm. in the wings or whatever. The main one, I guess, is like the fact that women aren't aware that they can do this and there's not as much opportunity for them to work Well, the pool out. they're drawing so from is much of, smaller, yes. Right. So there are, are a lot of like um, Susie Wolf, who's like a, she was a driver, a development driver at one point. Now she has her own company. Basically, she is responsible for getting young girls into go-karting because boys watch F1 they -hmm. can go kart but a lot of girls don't realize that they can do that Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of work being done on the development to get to F1 you know it's funny this is happening in so many worlds we were talking about me too and in in that kind of world but like Mm. you know there's a whole thing about female directors right now yeah um every show every movie every studio they're all trying to hire more female directors which Mm -hmm. I applaud Mm. Some are hiring ones who do not deserve to be hired, mm. just as like a, I don't know, HR hire or whatever you want to call them, right. because they've never they don't have the talent yet or the skill it's like yet. To, it's like a here's a number, we, a little checkbox that we right. sort of do. Right, and exactly. You get to see that a lot. Yeah. Right, and that can be that can be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I was recently day playing on a on a TV show, and I didn't work with this person, but they were telling me about this previous director who they mm-hmm. qualified as that kind of right person a female and you know and that hurts females yeah yeah that makes the guys that are already leaning towards like oh they're taking our jobs to be like see yeah exactly yeah it's not it's 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 not, not beneficial it. it's hurting it's it not help exactly right yeah. and and so but the problem is they don't do the development they don't yeah. let them cart mm. you know exactly. so so now things are changing and they're trying to do that yeah. but this all this stuff doesn't happen overnight no, you can't it, go it's from like, like 10% of the directors are female exactly. to 50% are female in three years you exactly. just can't you just it's have impossible. to find exact, completely right. completely right. I mean I um, I go you to, to this... let them know that they can do it then yeah. you know mm-hmm. 
lead them into it right yeah i mean i have a workspace that i go to called the wing and i go there every day and it's basically women that work in creative industries or just in the industry anyway so we have these conversations all the time about like what's being done what's happening how is this being done and how do you feel about it how to navigate it etc so it's a very interesting conversation that's across all industries right this is happening where a lot of people are like okay we've got the We've got the female, and then we've got the diverse person. We've got this, we've got that. We're checking all these boxes, and that's not really any better than sort of where it was before. Right? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, I know. It's I kind g- of a, it's a it's yeah. No, I agree completely. As a matter of fact, I've I've mentioned this before, but there was mm. a there's a great actress. What is her name? Shit, she won an Emmy or an Oscar. God, what was it? What is she uh, in? Black actress. Um, She's been in everything. God, why can't I think oh. of her name? I'm so sorry. No, you're good. I but think she, I know who you're talking about. But she stood up there and she gave this really inspirational speech. And, mm-hmm. at the, and at some point during it, she said, if I'm involved in a project or my company is producing, mm. I will hire 50% women. I mm-hmm. guarantee. And I just went, oh, yeah. sorry. No, you won't. Right. And if you do. You're going to have big problems. Right. And that sounds like an asshole thing to say. It's because I work in the business. Right. And I know how hard that's going to be. You want half your grips to be women? Good Is luck. that because you're referring to the fact that there aren't enough women yes. that are grips that there are qualified for that job? Exactly oh, yeah, right. Cool. Yeah. Exactly right. So what you're going to end up... I'm kind of with you on this. What you're going to end up having... Mm. And again, I support the idea. Yeah. It's just we have to be practical and not hurt things. You have to... You have to well, I think it's okay to have the 50% women. I think that's amazing. But they also have to take the time to find the right people for the if job. You can, if you like, can... Right. There's a lot of conversation that I've I'm had totally about cool my with film. The, I just don't think you can find it. It might be harder to find. Well, let's say your crew is 100%... Uh, 100 people, right? Yes. Just for sake of argument. Right. You know, you have six scripts, mm. six electrics, mm-hmm. four sound people, mm-hmm. uh, 12 camera people. Mm-hmm. You get my point, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And like... 80% of these departments are like 80% men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that made, that's just the way it is. Right. And then the office yes. will be like half and half. Yeah. A lot of times, right? Mm-hmm. So what you have to change is everything. You have to change mm-hmm. the office. So now you need to get rid of some of those men mm-hmm. out of the office. Mm-hmm. And then you got to get some women into the set. You know? yeah. Anyway, yeah, I yeah, just yeah. No. there just aren't enough. Mm-hmm. Not enough. Women. So I had uh, Rue Kraut, my mm-hmm. friend who's a dolly grip. Right. And she's the only, uh, yeah, she's. So he was the, saying there aren't many like steady cam ops or anything. No, female, yeah. No, so few. Yeah. And and, um, some of the jobs are very physical. Mm-hmm. Some women do not want to do a physical job. Same mm. with men, but yeah. I think that you know there's some more women maybe that don't want to. So that's part of the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the skill and all that stuff, it's there's no yeah. it's. It's unisex sport, yeah. you know, like yeah, you, like totally. you were saying about F1, like, um, yeah. But you can't show women men doing this job and only men, mm. and expect all of them to go. Oh, I could do that too. Mm. What what really happens is they go. Oh, that's a man's job, right? You know, in their head somewhere. Yeah, that's changing a little, but like Rue just kind of did it. That's awesome. And nobody questioned her, and she became a fantastic dolly grip. That's great. Um, so she's a good example for women in the future, but, like, mm. that's one out of how many thousand? Yeah. You know? I think, like, it's 
It's interesting because, like, especially, like, in the camera department and, like, those kind of more physical roles uh-huh. on in, you know, in film or TV, whatever it is, there aren't many role models for women to look up to. That's my po- That's the yeah. point I was making, yeah. So, like, in directing, I guess that there is more exposure to directors. And there are a lot of articles that are being written, a lot more people. Like, now is a fucking fantastic time to be a female director. Has been for oh. a few years. Like, it's so good. And people know that. And, like, there's... That, the shift like it it is changing quite drastically for women who want to direct which Mm -hmm. is great because we're being exposed to it we're seeing it it's on social media it's like but I think yeah it's interesting it's like how do we kind of like do that for people that want to be in camera and people that want to be in sound and people that want to do some of the more physical gripping is a really big one what there's what exists for them electric's even more physical yeah they hump bigger lights and heavier totally. cables. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I know. Yeah. And how do so you do that? Right. Yeah. yeah right. Literally. That's you the have question. to think about how to do it mm. and then implement some things and try some things and figure yeah. it out. Right. Yeah. Especially because they're not roles that get as much exposure like right. immediately as like right. directors. It doesn't happen overnight though, you know? So these, no. so just saying like, I'm going to make, well, there's been people who've done hundred percent female crews. Yeah. I think most of them are very small. I'm not a big fan of that. I love what people are doing, but I think if someone's good for the job, give them the job. But that's me. It's a little, right. I'm a little controversial, I guess, in that. Like, I'm all about women getting, you know, fighting and getting a chance because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm one of them too, you know? Right. But um, I think. You like, want to get hired on merit. Right. I think like 50 50 is a great thing to say. And it's something that I would love to do for my film as well. But. It needs time to find the right people. Right. I don't think... I mean, you said, like, you can't find them. I don't think you can't find them. I think if you put your brain to it, you definitely can. But I think it's a lot harder to find them. And there's not as many avenues to sort of, like, do that. Maybe I'll clarify what I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> um, first of all, you're you're talking about a documentary where you're going to hire how many crew members? Oh, I, I don't know yet. It's going to be pretty small. Okay. But. Let's I know it, what you're saying. I'm well, I'm currently referring to. I know you are. Narratives. I know you are. No, no, no. I'm not trying to refute Fictional. what you're saying. I'm yes. just saying like it will be a bit easier for you if you decide okay. to do yes. that yes. on a let's say a ten person or whatever crew, sure. yeah. as opposed to a hundred. And it's really more than a hundred. Oh, definitely. Just using that as a number on like a network TV mm. show. So here's the thing: you can do it for one show. Mm. Well, you if you full. lure away Rue to do Dolly yeah, yeah, yeah. to that but then what do you do for the other show that has to shoot too okay so in other words it's impractical I understand yeah is it possible for one show yeah okay yeah sure but for all of them yeah, right it takes time if you want to really make real change you mm-hmm. have to wait a little while no I understand you have to work at it and yeah. you know I, be I, cognizant that's that was my point yes understood that was my point. Cool. And there were plenty of great women working. Yeah. But in certain positions, there are not enough. There's an absence. Just, yeah. yeah. That's just so. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. But anyway, I've agree. talked about this on the podcast so many times. So <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to bore anybody no, with okay. more of my blathering about mm-hmm. it. Like, it's mm-hmm. more important what you say about it than what I say about it. <laughs> but um, um, but I, I think I see your point. And yeah. actually, I'm, I'm on your side about that. You're not militant about like, you're like, look, I'll... I mean, if you find, a, I don't know, a camera operator mm. that just is perfect, exactly what, like, their vibe is just what you want. Yeah. Who cares, right? Yeah. So I get it. And if you find a cinematographer well, that, 
you know someone said something to me the other day I was like about bringing on a particular crew member for my film and they were like does it have to be female I was like it doesn't have to be female because I was asking for a friend of mine for um some, but if you have good advice. females available, right? So let's my answer was like, it right. doesn't have to be a woman. I would like it to be right. based on the subject. I think that it would be great, and I would like to give that person that that opportunity. Right. But I am open to talking to many people. Yeah. Whoever's good for the job, can give them the job. Yeah, that's you know? good. But anyway. Also, I believe it's against the law to discriminate based on gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So I think some of some of these people are yeah I'm not saying they're no like, I know some people are like a little extreme I'm not like, even I'm, trying, I'm to, I'm not even like trying a, to shit on them I don't want to get involved like, I'm like yeah. I have my thoughts about some people might think that me even just saying this is a little controversial and I'm like okay mm. fine hmm. but that's how I feel about it I'm no just, well you know it's not going to get better if we don't talk about it and exactly. I'll have our own kind of opinions about how to mm-hmm. move the movement forward because yeah. being super militant about it won't move it forward no it'll just make people that are a little on the fence complaining about it <laughs> kind of annoyed yeah and they'll push back against you yeah you know um yeah uh what was yeah. i gonna say oh i had a director friend we can stop talking about this i'll just okay. tell you this one thing yes. i had a director friend tell me he's a guy mm. he's been doing it a long time and he said look um you know, I'm I'm working, but it's slowed down since the the Me Too stuff because they're mm. actively looking for more female directors. And okay. I said that sucks because I've worked with this guy a lot, and he's a good director and a nice human being. And mm-hmm. you know, mm. <clears throat> and he, I said, well, that that's too bad, you know. But mm. the world kind of needs to even out. And he said, I agree. The problem is when I say like, when I tell my agent, hey, you know. That show really fits my style. I think that would be a great show to go in on. They don't submit him. No, they no okay. they they make a phone call and the agent calls him back and says, "Well, they they're not accepting any submissions for men." And he said, "But what if, but what if I'm the best for director job. for the job?" And he's like, "They're they're hiring a woman." Hmm. And he's like, "You know, he's not like reporting it to any. He told me this in confidence. <laughs> well, not in confidence, but he told me pr- privately." And um. But he's like, you know, it's kind of fucked up. Like, the pendulum pendulum can't swing all the way the other way and go yeah. way past it balance. and call it fair. Yeah, you know. Um, so, no, I un- and I understand what he's saying, and 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 it's you'll get you know some women will be like, well, he's had the opportunity to work, or we never and, have. and he'd agree with this to I a know, certain I, degree. No, I yeah. I like I said, I mean, this might be again sorry ladies but also not sorry um (laughs) this is my personal opinion a lot of people might not agree with it but i do think in the rise of giving women more opportunities there has been a movement that is a little bit anti-men yeah and that is not great right it's a balance and it's like how do we i am not i am all for women getting i'm love i'm one of them i'm so excited that this is such a good time for me to be able to work and yeah. get seen. That said, there is a balance there. And mm-hmm. I think that it is a shame when some people take it to an extreme and you're like, well, right. this is a bit anti-men. And if I voice my opinion and I'm not, you know, even me saying this kind of thing, it's like some women will just be like, shame on you. You're a bad no, wait, feminist. Really? What, Seriously? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it happen. Oh, it happens a lot. Bad. There's a lot of like women that kind of do that. I, I think it's the only, way I'm you not, look it's at it is like, It's just the... like a few people. And it's... Right. 
My my thought is like you take the support from the men that give it. Yeah. And then through good work. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I'm burping up my white cloud. <laughs> You're okay. Um, no, but through doing yeah. good work. Yeah. And proving yes that you've been right all along. Yeah. All the other men or people or whoever that didn't agree with you to begin with mm. suddenly realize there's no other truth. Yeah. This is the truth. Yeah. But if you alienate people right off the bat, you make it harder on yourself. Yeah, I agree. I understand. Look, I, I'm always a fan of like the extremists sometimes mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they get the they get sometimes the ball rolling. Yeah. Well, you know that's what I mean? how change happens. Right. It's, that, that, it's the exactly. initial push. Exactly. Unfortunately for the extremists, that doesn't it, 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 it never goes that far. Yeah. Most of the time. And. Mm-hmm. And they kind of get ostracized by being yeah. the extremists yeah, yeah. Um, when they deserve cr- some credit. But like everybody needs to chill a little and realize it's going to take a minute. And I know That's a guy exactly telling it. women to no, chill. No, no, is but not I agree good... with you. I do. I think everyone needs to calm their tits for a hot second. <laughs> it's true because yeah. people get so fired up about yeah, it, yeah. and that and that's cool. And they want well. change now, and I understand. I why. I mean, listen, but... I am part of a workspace that is for women only. Yet, right, right, right. I'm a, and and that's a whole thing within itself. But I go that it's like going to a like a girls' school, you know. It's right, just right, like right. there are also boys' schools. And, Men's clubs have been around. We right. can still bring in male guests, and I can right. still like have them here, and we can still have a conversation. The point is, it's like a anyway. My point is, it's a healthy conversation to have, and mm-hmm. I think that for us to all coexist in a nice flow, that these are good conversations to have. That's yeah, how we're gonna you know, for sure. But anyway, I'm yeah. Change anyway. <laughs> when change happens really quickly, yeah, it's like ten years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, until you like figure it's it out. It's not three properly. years. It's true. It just it takes. Well, there's been a lot of change over the last three years. There's for sure. been a huge Extreme amount of change. change. And Extreme. now it's a matter yeah. of finding the balance. Right. But that's my point, yes. though. Like, it's, I understand. The changes have started. We've started. Yes. So we're getting there. Well, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like anything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think we've covered this subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I think we've covered this subject. Oh, we've talked about almost everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you shot you did you shoot or just direct a short film just direct uh, did you shoot and direct or direct a short film that won some awards yeah i did a it's called meat and potatoes meat and potatoes that was so much fun yes so i, like I was a, i had done a bunch of short films before that uh one of them life through a lens was like a previous one and that was like my first uh, i directed it someone else shot it It was on 35 it was super fun that was my final film school what year um, was that 2011 and you shot 35 shot 35 i didn't shoot it i directed it i had a pretty no 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 but you shot 35 Mm -hmm. it was very important to me how much did that cost you was it part of your (laughs) tuition or no oh you had to pay for up some money and uh it was like in the tens of thousands (laughs) but it was and and uh you know I was fortunate like my parents really supported my vision as well and I had saved up quite a fair bit working at a cinema for mm. five six years oh what a great a, job for you it was the best job in the world <laughs> oh my god it was so good I literally just watched movies all day <laughs> uh and I really enjoyed that job actually but I stuck around that job like my boss was the most sexist most 
just shit human being. Really? Oh, yeah. It was like the worst. He wouldn't even let me work in projection, even though I was the only person that knew how to handle 35. Like, go fuck yourself. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Really? So, yeah. Anyway, point is, I stuck around there. I saved a lot of money, and it was very the important. The best revenge to me. is living well, right? <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Go, you go work in the theater. Mm-hmm. I'll make the films. Oh, that one day show when there. he's watching. I mean, oh, I can't wait till you make a film. Oh, he'll I mean, still I'm, be there. Mm-hmm. He'll still be there. You'll make a film yeah. and you can go back personally. I, mean, I don't want to be that person that's oh, like, you, should be you that know, person. I'm going to give you the finger. Because, no, like, don't spite, give him the finger. Like, no, I no. swear to God. No, no. You the guy walk could in not you... have hated me more on a day-to-day basis because I knew more than him and it uh, really threatened him. And like, this is not me trying to sound like a wanker. No, like, I no, just no, no, loved no. film and I knew what I was talking about and he just had, he was just dickhead, honestly. Uh, and uh, But then we'd have like team meetings and like with all the staff at this particular cinema and he'd like act like he was my best friend. He was like, well, Eleanor is this and this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, this is funny to watch. Oh, because he knew everybody else liked you. Right. And he, want, and so he, he knew that I as- was... But he would say to people, he's like, can't wait till one day like Eleanor screens one of her films here. I'm like, why are you talking about me like that? When, when in you private, actively- you're a prick, right? Exactly. So anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But oh God, the day like I have a film that screens in his cinema is no what you do is you go film. back and you shake his hand and you say thank you so much oh well yeah i thank don't want to be you. like that petty kind of you know no <laughs> like, no no no. but but it is a little bit you know no anyway. but i got some of my power from all that fucking anger it's true it's but like i love it or when maybe like, you go back and maybe he's changed maybe everybody says he treats women great now yeah Hard to believe. Okay. <laughs> anyway, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. People do change. People do change. But dicks are normally dicks forever. So he's probably still I mean, a dick. This particular person, yeah. I can't imagine him being. We were talking about Bogans dick. and now we're talking about dicks. Pretty much. Yeah. It's such a fun conversation, Bogans and Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like should be like oh my god. Oh my name? god, Bogans that's a great dicks. punk rock. Band. That should literally. That's our punk rock band. Oh my god, we should totally Bogans do that. And dicks. Do you play an instrument? I can play the rock band drums. <sighs> I can play drums too. Damn it. Fuck. Damn, if you played guitar, like we could totally just like start something. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe we can like. <gasps> how fucking cool would that be? Two drums. Oh no, that's a whole other conversation. But anyway, just drums. Just like dr- I love drums. I was like in a drum line. Like I love drums. Oh wait a minute. Do yes. you know of a band called Lightning Bolt? Ooh, that's a fucking that's a you that's a youtube rabbit hole for you lightning bolt. two man band watch me not go to sleep tonight because i'm gonna two man band yes bassist mm-hmm. drummer right the drummer is the singer okay ish because that'd be so hard to he, do like playing drums while singing but he doesn't have a mic set up in front of his face like this he has this little ball thing they wear masks oh. Oh my god, what is this? He has this, this little weird ball thing that okay. I think he puts in his lips or in his teeth. And okay. then he like and he makes crazy noises. Oh my god, that's amazing. And the bass plays the craziest songs you've heard, and he is like like so fucking cool. going bananas. No way. And the coolest part is they do like every show they do. By yeah. the way, they're like chemical engineers and shit. They're like really <laughs> genius so level awesome. human beings. Oh my god. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, but um, they they would play in like little record stores that are like the size of my living room Mm -hmm. and like set the drum set up in the middle and then just the crowds around. So like people are like going crazy and like falling into his drum set and he's just playing like nothing happened. Oh, that's rad. 
It's, I'm, I'm gonna judge you. Oh, you you're gonna love them. Just, let me forget. I'm 100 percent gonna do this. Yeah, you're gonna love um, them. Yeah. So my point, my point was right. So yes, Sorry. we shot 35 because um, <laughs> we got way off the subject. <laughs> it's like it's fine. <laughs> I love it. Mm. Um, no, I was working in a cinema. I saved up a lot of money, and we had access to like Red One at the time, and like I just didn't want to shoot digital. I was like if I want to get this particular film and be taken seriously as a filmmaker, I need to shoot 35. There is a certain aesthetic that comes with film that is, is it was very important to me. To, to, the to process is different too. Was, yes, very. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that was my first Did you get short. any favors on the camera bodies or anything? Like did a Panavision few. Australia yeah, help you? Yeah, or? a few. I can't really remember. I had a really good DP. Um, oh, he hooked guy. a lot of it up. Yeah, I have. Well, I had this one guy, Jeremy Rouse, who's fucking killing it right now. And then he wasn't able to finish the project just before we were shooting. He ended up on a commercial job, but uh. like he was literally like the fucking coolest dude ever. And ended up introducing me to another DP, Marcus Deneen, who works in Sweden now, and he's fucking rad. So anyway, those two guys were like oh, detrimental cool. to like facilitating a lot of things. Right. They were great. Worked with like a proper professional crew, didn't use any students because I just wanted to use my film as a learning curve for how things work in the industry. So, oh, so you put yourself in a real world environment yes. and not in a student world no, environment. Paid everyone, basically almost everyone, except the extras. We had like 100, 100 extras one day Ooh, on the train. So anyway, that was my pr- first like proper short, like where I really wanted it to be like yeah like I was on a legit set and this was my first like this was what I was doing and I learned a lot through that process then years later I made meat and potatoes and it was I had co-directed it um a friend of mine had written the script and uh I co-directed it with this other girl and uh we got into a festival in Australia called Tropfest which is like the biggest short film festival in Australia and it's like a hundred thousand people that turn up in a park to go watch short films. It was always oh, really? such a big part of my teenage kind of years going on. So you've gone to it a bunch. I've gone to it a bunch. Oh, like cool. so many like act like Rebel Wilson, for example, and like all these other amazing Aussie actors have come out from like getting noticed, I guess, at Trot Fest in Australia. Like it was like oh, really? it, was, it was a thing. Oh know? wow. Okay. Joel and Nash Edgerton. Like I remember watching their films and I was always so like this is cool and I never thought I would have a film in it because it was very specifically like targeted towards comedy and everything I was doing in the lead up to that was like drama so I just Mm. was like oh this is like slapstick stuff like I enjoy watching it don't know if I'll ever get to it Mm. but I had met this one person at the Cannes Film Festival and this other girl and the three of us just got along really well wrote a script Uh, Jake Lowensbury who wrote the script was an awesome dude and uh it was about a vegan couple that was stuck in the apocalypse and it was about the most extraordinary situation but not about the situation that they were in it was about the most normal ordinary just a couple having like a back and forth just dealing with the fuck how they're gonna eat when they're vegans in this particular situation so it was just a matter of making a very normal conversation very like in a very extreme situation that's a great idea thanks it was fun i saw that script i was like i need to make this this is great so yeah so we made it got into the festival came second in the festival which was super exciting um it was it was really really good and then well it was just a great opportunity rather um we had a lot of fun making it and then you know yeah from there i was like okay i think like i'm happy with that that was really good 
I just had a lot of fun with it. And then I moved here a couple of years later. Mm. So, yeah. And here you are. Here I am, chatting to you. Just short of a year in L.A. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, actually. Mm. Yeah, well. <laughs> yes. And you've been working here. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing a lot of content production. I know we we, we rescheduled a couple times because your, yeah. your jobs were... I just shot, like, a mini documentary here, actually, which was, like, one of this, the, like, the coolest thing. About what? It was... um. It's for like this program called Women Excel. Um, I actually ended up sort of coming in last minute to uh, replace a friend of mine who was no longer able to do the project. And uh. I'm so thankful I got to do it because basically it was just about um, these different um, organizations that were nonprofit, about making a mini documentary on them and then pending their story and how you tell their story through documentary will depend on whether they get funding to continue doing all of their nonprofit work. Which is kind of cool. Oh, so like fundraising movies. Yeah, so I made a film, like a documentary about this So they're like promotional movies. Yeah, but I kind of tried to treat it as less of an ad, more of a... Yeah, film. but yeah. yeah, that's a lot of the work that I've been doing. I get doing the point. For the last I, I mean, whether eight whether years how is it, like eight, you know, three minute kind of short docs is kind of what I've been doing, working in that social media space. Yeah. So that's what I ended up. No doing matter how this. they use it, it's yeah. still the same thing. I'm I'm just making the point that it's yes. like used as promotional. Yeah, totally. Material, yeah. but for a good cause, that's cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I got to do this like garment worker center that talks about like sweatshops in LA and how like the LA industry is actually pretty bad and mm. all that kind of stuff so anyway yeah a lot of the work I've been doing has been content production since I moved here and now I'm making leap into features cool yeah well, um you mean feature documentary well yeah and okay then writing you, a bunch of stuff you're hoping to do, do some uh some some regular feature projects yeah, yeah I've got narrative four or five that I'm currently co-writing with a bunch oh, really? of other people mm-hmm. cool yeah so when I moved here, I wanted to make sure that I was that I was using my time well and that when I came here, I was sort of like, okay, get the first project underway and then have the other ones kind of happening while that one's happening, if that makes sense. So I just wanted to move here when I was ready to do no, that. No, that's really smart. So, I mean, you yes. know, um, I know directors, producers, uh, directors and stuff that they, they put a lot of eggs in one basket and then... Mm. Um, yeah it's it's hard if you don't write yeah i'm i can hard for them if you i can write but i prefer co-writing i have my brain is like kind of insane like i never sort of take a break you're insane in the membrane (laughs) something like that i just have like a thousand and one ideas which is like a good thing but it's also like kind of crazy so um i really enjoy the process of working with someone to bring those ideas to life so i have some cool writers that i've made friends with out here that i'm really excited to you know work and Awesome. Narrative space. Awesome. Well, yeah. I look forward to it. Thanks. I'm Me kind too. of like <laughs> thinking, oh, gee, should I start begging for a job on the F1 movie? I or, mean, um, hey, I haven't, totally. You can, <laughs> I mean, you don't need to beg. But really? I would oh. like to see what that's, that's going to be like, though. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'll erase this right now. No, you're all good. You're all good. <laughs> No, because I'm mm. I am a you know I'm not a giant fan, but I like F1. It's pretty cool. That's cool. So um, it would be fun to. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty fun project. Do some stuff. It's yeah. g- it's it's like it's going to be pretty hectic. I probably you know if I worked on that, I'd probably be most impressed. I assume you're going to England, mm-hmm. where all the shops are and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'd probably be most impressed by like the shops and stuff. Right. Like just seeing what that looks like inside or like Yeah. Yeah. I'm like fascinated by that, like where Mm. they build the things and that would be really cool to see. Yeah, right. I've seen a couple of NASCAR ones. Right. Oh, cool. You know, I don't know if you know this, but in mostly in um is it Hickory? Yes. Hickory, North Carolina. Right. Just south. Mm-hmm. Very near Charlotte. I can't remember if it's north, south, or what. Okay. Um, yeah. Like suburb of Charlotte. Yeah. But like most of the NASCAR teams are based there. Oh, so okay. You, and you can go walk up to the garage. Number one, they have like little showrooms in a lot of them. That's cool. And like a, maybe a little like gift. really big deal here, right? Less than it used to be. But okay. it's still a big deal in certain places. Then they just go around in circles? like. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, they do drive some tracks I mean, too, like but like goes around twice a, a year. Okay. You know, um, it. it's mostly circles. Okay. Um, counterclockwise circles. Um, mm, okay. Yep. So, uh, no, but you can go to the shops mm. and like, this has been a long time. This was the 90s when I went with mm-hmm. my friend who was super into it. But like you would go into Jeff Gordon's shop. Mm. There's a little yellow line and they're like, please just don't cross the line. And they're and working on the cars. You can oh, cool. look right at their garage. That's cool. They would have some private area. Yeah. But, like, you could see most of what's going on. That's super cool. And then at the time, Jeff Gordon was sponsored by, like, Dove chocolate bars and mm-hmm. Pepsi. Mm-hmm. So there's a fridge full of Pepsis <laughs> and a fridge full of Dove chocolate bars. And it's take as many as you want. That's awesome. But That's every awesome. shop every shop is the same way. Right. You walk in. They didn't all have ice cream or whatever. No, but, no. like, you walk in and, like, you can see the whole place. And they're real friendly. They're and like, hey, how y'all doing? That's you just go. Cool. Uh, they just ask, please don't walk past the yellow line. So like you're wow. in the garage. Wow. You're not behind glass. How there isn't a rope. There isn't That's a cool. velvet rope or anything. Yeah. Like literally they're just like, please respect, you know, this, us. And, 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 what we're and by the way, like a lot of these NASCAR guys are, yeah. they're serious. So if you try to go make a run in, you're they, not going to enjoy fucked. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, Interesting. you know, it's just one of those things for, it's like this cool thing for fans. I think yeah. more sports would do better to understand that you can trust your fans like yeah. if you open up to your fans well, you, yeah. instead of worrying about they might see something you don't want mm-hmm. them to see mm-hmm. think about geez they'll see a lot of stuff that they, they like to see well F1's doing that now through like documentary I mean they've got a couple of they've got their show on Netflix which is right. Drive to Survive which, which I've never watched super cool is it good yeah it's really cool they just got renewed for like season 2 with all the teams involved now because the first season didn't have all the teams which teams wasn't Mercedes, Ferrari weren't in the first one. The two main ones. Uh, uh, there was a lot of Red so Bull. So you got a lot of, Rod- a lot of Red like Bull. Haas, a lot of the a lot of McLaren. Team. Exactly. Uh, Haas is good. Yeah, Haas. I mean, it's an American team, Renault. so I have to like, you know. That's true. Whereas the next season has uh, what's got his the name? Approval. Our French driver. Um, Grosjean? No. Yeah, Grosjean. Yeah. Romain Grosjean. Romain Grosjean. I like he's him. A, he's an interesting dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's a character. He is. There was this driver I loved in F1 called Pastor Maldonado. Yeah, Did you yeah, ever yeah. hear of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, yeah. like, every fucking race, he was just like, oh, yeah, Pastor's just, there goes Maldonado again, five-second penalty for, like, going, just speeding in the pit lane, <laughs> overtaking someone with a safety car. I love <laughs> F1 so much. God, it's good to watch. I think some <sighs> of the charm of it, yeah. some of the excitement of it has been taken away. Hmm. Um, I'm not saying they shouldn't have safety measures, but like... No, it's a discussion that's happening in F1 right now as well. Of course. Of course. And the same is true about NASCAR, you know. Yeah. NASCAR was at its peak Mm -hmm. when a guy named Rusty Wallace was driving. Okay. Um, When was that? 
through the, he was definitely driving in the 80s but through the 90s that right. the late 90s it became super popular like mid late 90s mm. and then the early 2000s i think it started waning mm. dale earnhardt jr died because he wasn't wearing one of those big neck things oh shit he Do refused people die in nascar like is it oh I he mean, got like, in a crash he hit the wall he was dead before they got to the car so well it's like well f1 sure. used to have the dead. right of like you know every weekend there'd be like a driver that would die you right know, in like the 60s and stuff and they've gotten really good at obviously improving the safety to a point now where everyone's like we're losing some interest in the sport because it's just nobody like ever crashes and well, when they do that, it's, it's just like the regulations are uh, it's just a conversation that's happening so mm-hmm. i'm just wondering if nascar was the same kind of level from a crashing point of view well i was, was going to get to that okay point. so rusty wallace is very famous for having these big crashes right. especially at places like daytona and talladega these really big fast tracks Mm-hmm. where these cars crash and they slide down the track and they end up in the grass right. going 170 miles an hour or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And Rusty Wallace, for some reason, got in a bunch of these crashes where he would spin around and the air would catch under the back of the car while yeah. he was going backwards yeah. and he would flip in the air like five times. And oh, then, shit. And that happened a bunch of times and it was exciting to watch. Scary as fuck, but exciting to watch, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then finally they put some they put some brain into it and went ah we will make little little wings that don't stick up they they're flat to the car mm-hmm. and they point to the back of the car right and we'll put them like at an angle on each side yeah and one in the middle maybe or however exactly they do it yeah. so as soon as that car spins around backwards psh, the flaps go up okay and they and they and they put downforce on the car and it can't flop up Smart. so, so yeah. now it's really it would be really really hard to get one of those cars airborne right okay and when they started doing that mm. this is my own very amateur haven't watched nascar in many years opinion mm-hmm. when they started doing that the, the 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 viewership started dwindling a little bit right that's my opinion interesting but i don't know that's I mean, you're not there for the crashes. No, no, no. But some people... Except would, you're yeah. totally there for the crashes. I mean, I'm not I saying mean, me, but that's why a lot of people yeah. watch... Some people really enjoy it's that. Exciting. I don't, you know... I don't want to see anybody get hurt. No, no one wants to but see that. But the crash is like watching a stunt in a movie. Yeah, I guess Except so. it's real. So it's yeah. like an adrenaline. You're like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, some people like really enjoy watching it because of that. The fact that danger is a very real element. Right. Mm. And it still is. Yeah. But, you know, the chances of somebody dying on the track are very slim. Now are really, really way slimmer than F1. Yeah. Um, F- F1. Even yeah. getting seriously injured, like right. breaking an arm, like, I doubt it. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Because um, they're, they're in a cage. Mm. They have their necks are like, so well held together they have That's the hans true. device and all this safety. stuff and yeah yeah it's super safety up they can't even they can't even look their mm-hmm. head is locked into position crazy. um but you know and that's great because you don't want those people to die mm. but um, of course not or get injured um but yeah it makes it less fun to watch now it's just guys driving in a circle and not crashing as much yeah you know and when they do it's not as exciting to watch yeah it's pretty crazy. I mean, they have a name yeah. for the one. It every year at the Daytona 500, mm-hmm. it seems like every year there's a giant crash, and they call it the big one. 
And the, <laughs> the thing is, when will really? we have the big one? Yeah, right. And it'll it'll have it'll have fifteen or twenty cars involved in it. Jesus. And it'll be How a many giant. Cars are in. I mean, like. Well, in they're running each race an inch. I think like 30, 35, Shit, that's 40. Like a lot. Yeah, fuck. Okay. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's like way more than F one. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and they're all running inches from each other mm. so when so one like the probability of a crash is pretty high oh yeah they crash yeah. every race there's crashes yeah D- different than f1 some yeah. f1 races never have a crash no um you know there'll be multiple crashes in pretty much every nascar race the difference is the seriousness of the yeah, crash I understand. you know yeah um and but when you know when one car gets weird arrow on it because another car moves over and mm. loses its tail and mm-hmm. next thing you know the, the all the cl- cars right behind it mm. you know they all mm. sw- and they or they swerve and like, hit the wall or right. you know yeah um wow it's it's really it used to be fun to watch you know because they got that big train of cars and two rows of them it's running like right pile up and, yeah. right yeah and there's nowhere to go there yeah. you know so um i cannot yeah like yeah it's totally different than completely uh, different f1 but okay interesting yeah racing talk with brad is over actually <laughs> it's better you're more knowledgeable we'll call it racing talk with well, eleanor I, I mean I, i'm more knowledgeable in f1 i guess yeah way more not in that so thank you for educating no, me. i got the nascar <laughs> <laughs> i think between the two of us we're good yeah we we'll do, let's do a show together called the f1 and nascar oh my god we should definitely do that wait we got a punk band called bogan and dick <laughs> dick and bogan bogan and dick i can't remember i think bogan's first Bogan's first. Bogan and Dick. Yeah. You yeah. get to be the Bogan. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> but I get to be, to the, be dick. the dick. <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, so, that's pretty much. I don't know. I can totally be a Bogan I can't sometimes. wait for all my American listeners to yeah. to to research Bogan. And I can't I wait for all it's my so Aussie funny. listeners and everybody else who knows what Bogan means. Yes. To email and be like. It's. Yeah. I can't believe you use the word. That's I know. It's so funny because when I moved here, I like. It's funny because. I can be a bit more Australian than I guess I am right now in terms of my lingo. Sometimes I don't know what happens. I just end up picking up these words that I just say because I don't know. I just, anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. Point is, I use Bogan a lot when I moved here to describe particular people. And nobody knew what you and were talking And everyone's like, the fuck does that mean? My roommate like lived in Australia for a little bit. So she's like, I know exactly what you mean. And the equivalent is basically like a hick. Yeah. I, like, I don't even know what that means, but sure, let's just use that. Like, but I would say it to so many people uh, and they're like, what a word. Well, I'm so confused. I'm like, I don't know how to describe yeah. a bogan. But anyway. I said it earlier, redneck, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Thank hicks you for, probably. Uh, I'm glad that we got to use this word so many times. <laughs> in this conversation oh yeah it's a fun word bogan's a great way to describe someone fun word. anyway yes all fun right times. on on the on that note yes we'll uh i think we'll end it okay but thank you so much oh you're welcome it's been <laughs> it's really has been a lot of fun talking i had so much fun chatting to you when so we, thank when you. we were talking the other day i was like you have to come on my podcast oh thanks so thank you for saying yes yeah oh you're welcome thank you for having me on i enjoyed it a lot Okay, we'll have to thank you. We'll have to have you back another time when we can Thanks talk about the film listening. business. Yes, I know, right? <laughs> I feel there's so much shit that we can just talk about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks everyone. We'll do that next time. Listening to our banter. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Eleanor. I really enjoyed our chat. I think we had a good time. Hope you had a good time listening. 
thank you very much to Walter Clausen for their continued support. And thank you for the support of my patrons who signed up at patreon.com slash walking backwards. Their support helps keep the show going, and they also get the best day, worst day segment, which is a bonus segment just for Patreon members. So if you want to hear it, sign up. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.